back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, of course. It's me, you're you. It's 2021. Yeah, all of our problems are over. 2020 has passed. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I was on Instagram before and uh, I saw this Instagram model and she's on a beach in, you know, like Bali or something. And she's like, oh, we, you know, 2020 was hard, but we got through. We made it. As hard as 2020 was, we're still here. I'm like, all of your pictures have been you just scantily clad, prancing around on a beach with uh, with your model friends. Um, but, you know, it's all perspective, right? It's all relative. In her experience, in her worldview, I'm sure she had some challenges. So we're not going to put anybody down. We're going to lift people up in 2021. I just, I just spent, uh, I just spent some time uh, doing one of those things to check to see if I'm human. D is it just me, or is that difficult sometimes for people? Where they're like, identify all the pictures with crosswalks, identify all the pictures with with lights, traffic lights, and I'm I'm always looking in there. Like, am I overthinking it? I'm like, oh, I think I see one in the background there. That'd be great if they had confirm you're not a robot and they have like the picture grid and it's like identify all the people in this picture that don't have COVID. <laughs> it's just like people wearing masks like, oh man, this is tough. I don't know. Fuck. We, we, how are we supposed to know? We don't know. It could be everybody. Everybody could have it. Who the hell knows? Well, I don't know. I hope, you, I hope you're all doing well out there. I hope everybody's staying sane and healthy. Lord knows this has been a, a difficult year for all of us. So, um, you know, be grateful. I guess that's, that's the lesson, right? Just be grateful and uh, try, and, try and do the right thing. Try and be a good person and uh, try and have compassion for other people, which is really fucking hard sometimes because you want to just grab people and just shake them and yell at their face and, you know, keep yelling at their face and then maybe throw them down a flight of stairs and then uh, spray gasoline on them and then throw a Molotov cocktail at them and watch them explode into a million pieces. But then you get, you know, it's like murder and you go to jail and it's like a whole rigmarole. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, it's like a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of sitting, you know, listening to people fill out paperwork and call you a scumbag and, you know, evil and, and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a real hassle. So I think it's, it's just easier to just be kind, be compassionate, open, curious, try and imagine yourself in somebody else, in, you know, in their shoes, right? That's the cliched expression, expression. Um, what else is going on? What else? Oh yeah. I just got back from Florida. So I traveled, uh, went to Florida for my girlfriend's, uh, parents Christmas. Well, it wasn't their Christmas. Uh, I don't think they claimed ownership over Christmas this year. I didn't check, but they might have. But uh, if they did, they sure know what they're doing because it was a great time. And it was good to be down in the Tampa area, Florida. Got to swim in the ocean. One thing that Colorado does not have is an ocean. And man, I love the ocean. Love going in the ocean. Love the smell of the salt water. Love just being in the, in the water. Yes, it was cold, but come on. What are you, hey, what are you, a fucking pussy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been doing the Wim Hof breathing and, and cold immersion for years now. And so going in cold water is a no problem. It's, it's easy. You just go. What's the worst that's going to happen? Right? It's, oh, it's cold. Bro. So it's cold. So you'll warm up. 
Big deal. Anyway, the breathing technique really helps with that. But it was great. Uh, I found it hilarious with the airport. You go to the airport, you know, masks, social distance, it's everywhere. Social distance. They got the things on the floor. No one's doing it. The Sebastian mask. I go to, hey, I go to the airport, okay? They say spread out, social distance, okay? There's this, uh, this, this Hispanic couple come up behind me. Guy's going, <coughs> I'm like, hey, social distance. But, but no one's doing it. You know, they say it, but no one's doing it. Everybody's right next to each other. Um, you know, then you go on the plane, packed plane, totally packed. Uh, you know, the, the, the flight attendants got, you know, butt naked and, and started, you know, using all these sex toys on each other in front of us. Uh, there were like fluids and juices squirting everywhere. I mean, it was wild. It was wild. I was like, Hey, what's, what's the studio 54? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, um, you know, p- part of being a human's messy. So I was, I was surprised by United Airlines and their, their new, uh, you know, open, uh, sexual, experimentation policy uh a lot of a lot of liquids flying around there so no one really cares uh no one cares you know their social distance but but not it's kind of like it's kind of like our american mo it's like let's let's plaster the the language everywhere let's make rules laws whatever let's put posters everywhere Let's have people on speaker phone, you know, on the on the, on the loudspeaker. Please re- keep six feet apart, social distance, and wear a mask over both your mouth and nose. Thank you. And just it's just uh, it's just there, and like no one really does it. People are just like, all right, people, you believe these people coming in the airport with all their germs? Hey, Sebastian. My dad is traveling. He's coughing. Everyone's looking at us. I'm like, Dad, they're going to think that you're going to be a super spreader. Okay? So why don't you quiet down and get to the back of the airplane? <laughs> All right. I'll do, I'll, they'll do some more. Maybe not as impromptu. I'm standing in line. This, I look over. There's this Indian guy. He's wearing a, you know, thing on his head. I'm like, do you believe these people? Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a a person traveling that's different than you. Is that, can you accept that, Sebastian? No, I can't accept, I didn't grow up that way. You're either Italian or you're nothing. All right. All right. Anyway, let's get into uh, today's show. Today's show is with my good friend, Max, Max Marshhausen, Maximus the Marshhausen man. Uh, he's, uh, one of my best friends here in Denver. Just an awesome guy. He's a good guy. Hey, he's a good guy. This guy, good guy. Uh, we met uh, on a hikro dose on the 4th of July. It was real easy to become friends with Max. We just started talking. We talked about education. He's, he's worked in education as a, a teacher, as a director, program director, uh, and I'm um, really passionate about education, as am I. And we talked about the problems with education and learning and, you know, growing up as a kid, being a young man, you know, young boy, people telling you, calm down, sit down, pay attention, sit in your seat, focus, take Adderall, blah, 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 all the bullshit. And um, anyway, we hit it off. We, you know, became friends and, and Max is, uh, he's an avid 
mountain climber. He does bouldering. He, he um, recently just started uh, a, a doing men's work, which we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about on this podcast, uh, as, as am I as well, which I will mention later on. But uh, Max's uh, men's coaching consists of mindfulness and grounded tactics to help men bolster self-awareness and propel themselves forward in life. Through outdoor experiences, meditation techniques, theta healing, and more, Max is helping men connect to their emotional selves and feel safe in that experience, trusting that within that emotional space lies a greater power, power that we can use to help deepen our personal relationships and our relationship to ourselves. When you begin to honor yourself, you become the witness to all that you are capable of. So for more resources and information to get in touch with Max, find him on wholeheartedmasculine.com under the Facilitator Collective and, uh, and register for the Stories of Men event. Uh, so yeah, Max and I had a great conversation about you know masculinity, trauma, wounds, not having you know figures in our lives that we could really look to with with healthy masculine the in the environment. You know we're very interested in this in these in these things because we want to be the best representations of the men that we can be of the human beings that we can be. You know how can we be the you know wholehearted, compassionate, open, vulnerable, real, raw. Uh, but still strong and funny and and silly, you know. Just how can we integrate all the components of who we are? And uh, and I've been doing that work. Max has been doing that work. And uh, I'll talk more about what I'm doing um, later on. But if you're interested, if in hearing, you can email me mikeadelicpod at gmail dot com. You know, all the links, whatever. Just get in touch with me. I'll I'll talk about what I'm going to offer more because it's going to be something different and something that I really really uh, have been sort of avoiding for a while because I. Uh, have always judged this kind of stuff. In fact, the, the the group that Max and I are both like blossoming out of has, is Bill Burns, past podcast guest, uh, his group Connection Council here in Denver, which I initially first rejected the invite to because I'm a you know judgmental prick. Sometimes my ego comes up and says, "I don't need that shit. That's stupid. Oh fuck that." You know, I'll go on Instagram, I'm scrolling around, I look at all these hacks, these charlatans, these, you know, people that are like, are you, are you angry? Are you upset? It's time to make a change. With my program, you could sign, you know, and I just, I look at it, I just go, ugh, there's such bullshit out there. Uh, But after people have been asking me, you know, the years that I've been doing this podcast, people have reached out and messaged me. Uh, We've had great conversations. Uh, We've, you know, had email correspondence and exchanges. So. Um, I'm really excited to talk more about what, what that's going to be. Uh, but if you're interested in the meantime, connect with me, but for now, big shout out to all you wonderful, lovely, amazing Micadelites, Micadelites that kind of, how does that, I don't know if that, we'll think about that. You Micadelians. Yeah. Micadelians. You, uh, all you wonderful people. Thank you so much for the five star ratings and reviews on Apple pods means the world helps the algorithm. Let's show those cybernetic, neurolink, cyborg, AI, algorithmic freak people that we deserve to be in the rankings. And uh, we are. So thank you to everybody that does that. It, it helps the show tremendously. If you can just uh, pop on over there and leave a five-star rating and review or just a five stars or just a five stars. I'm not editing this shit. Or just leave a five star. <laughs> Please leave five star. Please. Can you? Leave me a star five. 
Call 1-800-MIKEADELIC, five stars. Yeah, please, 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 please go to the Pleadians and ask them what they think of Mikeadelic because they're, they're jamming this shit on planet Zook, Zook Fluke. Um, thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to my patrons. Thanks to Ben. Big shout out to Ben. Uh, big shout out to Jay. Big shout out to all of the amazing people that have been supporting me on Patreon. And I've been releasing a lot more bonus episodes. This episode that you're hearing right now is an early release. Big shout out to John. Thank you so much, John. Uh, big shout out to all the patrons that have been supporting me because you guys rule. You guys are the producers of this show. And uh, if you become a patron at uh, the $5 tier, you get access to bonus episodes. You get access to early release uh, podcasts. You get access to the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum Discord chat, as well as many other things. All right, well, uh, none, none of this, I wouldn't have made it through 2020 if it wasn't for one thing and one thing only. That's Sheath Underwear, baby. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Sheath yourself. Get the most comfortable. I'm serious. It's just, they're, they're, they're fucking comfortable. I don't know. It's like I could sit here and talk about how magical and the moisture wicking fabric and, oh my God, it's, you know, got these pouch compartments. I, I mean, I think personally, I think the pouch compartments, I mean, are amazing. You can, you can wear that. You can use them to put your uh, scrote <laughs> and your, and your D in, or you can use them to, you know, like a kangaroo would like a pocket, like a pocket. So I think they're going to be extremely, extremely useful come time for concerts, shows, festivals, all kinds of things of that nature. If you catch the drift, uh, if you don't, then email me. I'll explain it to you. But no, they're wonderful. Uh, I love Bobby, the owner of Sheath. He's such a kind-hearted, passionate, driven guy. He's built something amazing. I love that he supports me. I love that he made such a good product that makes it so easy for me to support him and talk about it. So go to sheathunderwear.com. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic. You get twenty percent off. And they're always running all kinds of deals over there too. So use my Mikeadelic code and stack it with another deal, you know, but don't tell them I told you that. Just keep it secret, okay? Hey, that's just between me and you, okay? And um, yeah, they're just really, really, really comfortable. My favorite pair of underwear right now uh, is the Flower of Life print that they have. It's really comfortable, moisture-wicking fabric, just super, super comfy. I also love their t-shirts to work out in or just to wear. Really comfortable. You know, a lot of people talk about this as like athletic performance gear, but also works if you're just a fat slob as well. And you just want, you know, being fat, like being fat, you need to wear athletic gear because other stuff, you're sweating, it's hot, you're gross. You know, you smell like onions and salami. Get, get Get the sheath stuff. It's good. It's good stuff. And uh, what else? Oh, Mushroom Revival. Mushroom Revival. Check the link. I believe it's 10% or 15% all off all of their mushroom supplements. They got cordyceps, lion's veins, chaga, reishi, tinctures, just good, good stuff. So check out the link for Mushroom Revival as well. Big shout out to Student Loan Tutor, to Zach Geist, the Zeitgeist podcast, and Student Loan Tutor. Thank you, Zach. Uh, and if you have, if you have the need for help with student loan debt, check out student loan tutor, studentloantutor.com. 
And what else? San Francisco Psychedelic Society. Go check out their microdosing movement, six-week course. It's going on now. I don't know if you could still participate, but it's worth checking out. Just check out San Francisco Psychedelic Society. All the things that they're doing are really, really cool. All right, that's it. Let's get into this podcast with my good buddy, Max Marsh Rosen. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Like, we always have good conversations. Yeah. It's just easy. Yeah. That's why we're good friends. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah. I got, you just can't be, um, I think in a friendship where surface level conversation is a thing. Like, I, it's my natural tendency to get deep and ask big questions. Right. And you have that, yeah, we both cut, cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Did you feel that when you were younger that you had that need to want to go deeper and it was, it just wasn't available? Um, man, I think I had a very close knit friend group where we were able to go deep uh, oh, specifically wow. in high school. Um, yeah, we, there was uh, really four of us and with myself included. Um, we hang out all the time. Go, my buddy Namal, yeah, and Zach, the four of us just like listen to really good music, uh, had really deep conversations about the current affair of the world at that day and age, which was like 2007, 2010. Mm. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was just I was very fortunate to be surrounded by good people from a young age. And nice. I felt I've always been able to find my group fairly easily, which has been a blessing in disguise because I've seen people who uh, struggle to find that that right group where they really feel they can come alive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I felt uh, when I was younger, I had a good group of friends, but they were we were more just kind of like degenerate drinking buddies <laughs> you know and a lot of surface level yeah didn't really go deep but i did feel sometimes like this? high school yeah yeah high school and college yeah but there were times where i felt like i wanted to go a little deeper and it was just like uh, i can't say that that'll be like weird or something yeah. I, I like held back a little bit you know i did i definitely felt that more when i was in college and i think college for me was that time of like I don't know, if another an, uh, another level of coming into your own where, especially as a man, like new kid on campus, testosterone's flowing, um, just really trying to figure myself out and where I'm at in that day and age. Um, and in, it was funny, in my collective, um, uh, I guess, uh, rooming situation, um, sometimes we could like go deep and really have those conversations, but it wasn't, 
it wasn't often and i think they're in college there's just this level of like party all day like keep it light keep it fun and that deep stuff uh was yeah wasn't always on the table of discussion and i took a lot of philosophy classes um and i noticed the people around me in that class who weren't like of that mindset um it could get a little uncomfortable for them when we would have those deep conversations and so sometimes my classes wouldn't go as deep as i wanted them to because i was like craving that that level of depth Mm -hmm. and i could often get it in philosophy class but then um if there wasn't enough people like stimulating the conversation and getting that flow going it would just fall flat and our professor would even be like really guys like you haven't thought about any of this shit and it's like and then it gets old like i was raising my hand all the time people were like looking at me weird and i was at that age where i was like pretty impressionable and so i was like damn i don't want to i don't want to come across as like i don't know smart kid (laughs) right yeah 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 it's interesting there's i feel like there's a lot of tendencies to go in maybe like specific sort of modern archetypal college directions yeah like the the pretentious college student who thinks he's knows more than his professors and is like really interested in all of these sort of um obscure yeah. foreign films and yes. things like this like i definitely got into that phase a little bit where Same. i was like oh i'm like i'm listening to music that you've never heard of yep. from like the 13th century yep. and i'm gregorian I, chant yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, and then there's like the, just the party bro kind of person. And I definitely did that too. And yeah, but, and I found, I I don't know about you. Let me know if you felt this way too. I found I could swing between the two pretty easily. Yeah. And and that was kind of, it's nice to kind of be able to have that range at the same time. Like if you do want to just be a bro and drink some beer and have fun and keep it light, it's good to be able to go there. But it's also, I think so important to be able to, to have that layer of depth too, to like, I mean, one of my favorite quotes when I was in philosophy was the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm-hmm. And I still, I still think that's, that rings true for me today. I know. I don't think that that does ring through, true for me today. Yeah. Who said that again? Socrates. Ah, good old Socrates. Yeah, that's right. The first podcaster. The first one, right? <laughs> he, did, he didn't write anything down. He just, he was the original hipster. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if, if, if I was, um, yeah, I, I would love to be, so, uh, so, uh Socrates. I know. Just wear a toga and walk around and just talk and just people talk. listen to you. I know. That's my that's my main aim in life is to just hold court. Yeah, you know, I look so at all great. the people that I lo- that I look up to. I like Alan Watts, Terrence yes, McKenna. Yes. They they're always like on these retreats where they're just like, "Well, you see the thing is." And, right. You know, so then you must examine, you know, and people are nice. like just like they're just like telling stories and talking yes. and going. And people are so like encapsulated by it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I want to be, I want to be like an old man that talks to people. Yeah. Me too. I think that would be the life. Like sit up at the front of the class, smoke my pipe and just have great conversations. Yeah. And get throw paid a couple of like, like unsuspecting dirty jokes. Throughout. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep them alive. Keep, keep the blood them alive. flowing. Yeah. <laughs> and keep them guessing. Yeah, exactly. That's you know? important. The element of surprise. I think that's that's actually really key, like floating between those different kinds of crews. You know, I think that I, I'm like that too, whereas I've never felt out of place wherever I went. Yeah. I always felt like, well, there's some kind of thing here that I can attach to. And if there wasn't, I would leave. But there's yeah. something here. Like if I'm hanging out with kind of more of like the Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or like World of Warcraft yep. kids or the, you know, my Star Wars nerd friends, right. I could do that. And then I can spend some time with the bro guys, like ha- having some beers or whatever. The thing was that 
as soon as I started to see myself attaching more to like one particular identity, yeah, I had to like have some awareness around that and go, okay, like just respect this as a, as you know, I think to cut myself off here and just kind of like try and make it relatable. And another example was for a little while, I was so against sports. I was such a diehard yeah. sports fan. Mm-hmm. But then I became like on the spiritual path and like sports is like so pedestrian. And, yeah. and then it's like, after that phase, I was a real, I was able to accept like, Oh, it's okay to like enjoy a sports game and like have yeah. a beer every now and then right. I don't have to be that identity. Yes. I could just swim in that water and then leave. Right. It's so good to to have that identity, that awareness around that identity, though, because I feel and I don't know if I feel like let me know if this relates to you as well. As I've progressed throughout my own personal development and growth, I definitely had that level of spiritualness where I was like, fuck sports. Like what this is. This is pointless. Like this isn't filling anybody's needs here. Um, and then you kind of hit come back to earth and you're like, but wait. I don't need to be that aloof, like on my cloud, spiritual guru. I can also, like you said, drink a beer and watch a football game and watch fucking Tom Brady bomb <laughs> touchdowns over the New York fucking Jets. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. still that side of me that he like, did a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. he did, man. And uh, I well, love there's that. there's camaraderie. Yes, there's connection. Yep, there's community. There is. There's ritual. Yeah, and there's that that spirit that I think all men want to have, especially men, because yeah. we're men. So we'll, exactly, you know, we're, we'll be talking a lot about that. Yeah, um, is when I'm when I was with my friends in like 2006, and we're all wearing Jets jerseys and yeah. chanting J E T S, even <laughs> though Tom Brady was launching fucking touchdowns <laughs> yeah. over you know our heads. Right, like, there was it ain't still no thing. Yeah, there was still that like we're we're part of a tribe we're yes. part of a you know we're like warriors yeah. on like a mission to, go to win yeah. right even though that's not the case and i've been judgmental myself too of people who paint their face and go to games and wear <laughs> other people's names on the back of their shirt but yeah. really what you, what i see there is a deep deep need to to feel like a part of something greater yes. than yourself yes 100% and yeah. it's that i think I think we're growing out of this as men, but I do believe that sports is that one avenue of uh, connection for men that's deemed as like healthy, not too soft, not going to get into too touchy-feely into our emotions. Um, but we can still conglomerate over this and uh, yeah, watch Tommy fucking rain touchdowns. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. And that's Tommy awesome. Touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Tommy touchdown. Um, but I feel like as I've progressed in my own growth, it's been also important for me to have uh, that camaraderie aspect and also have that level of depth to what we were talking about earlier of like being real about what's on, going on in my life and right. not always trying to make it light, always trying to make it easy. Um, but yeah. being able to be with other men and talk about like the real strife and struggle that I do face in my life and get support in that way. Real shit. Yeah. Shit that you think about, shit that you, you know, a lot of men will just suffer on yeah. their own. You know, especially our parents' generation. Yeah. You know, now so more uh, with us, we're seeing like, okay, we know that these are the things that we want, so we can actually create them and participate in them in an intentional way. Yeah. And it doesn't have to revolve around the game and suds and, you know, (laughs) chasing clam and... (laughs) Suds and clam, baby. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, It doesn't have to be that. No. There's more avenues for that. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think that... You know, that, that uh, African pro- proverb quote that I posted, yes. uh, you know, the, the boys that uh, aren't learned, that 
the boys that don't know how to shit. I don't even remember what the fucking quote is. Um, it was like, if we don't initiate our young men, they'll burn down the village just to feel the warmth. That's right. That right. That's right. Yeah. So it's like, if we don't go through that, that, yeah, if we do not initiate our boys into the village, they will burn it down just to feel its warmth. Mm-hmm. It's an old right. fucking proverb. Yeah. Right, because it's like, what's the thing that we want? Warmth, connection, mm-hmm. to, togetherness, community, camaraderie, a bond, something yes. sacred, higher purpose. And if we can't get that, yeah, we'll just set the whole place ablaze yeah. and we'll be like, ooh, this feels nice. This is yeah. nice and toasty. Yeah. And, and we, we, we need that. It's so crucial, I think, to the, that we have something like that and we don't really get that at a young age and we're told to like sit down in class, you know, (laughs) raise your hand, um, stop permission to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You're too hyper. Stop jumping around. Stop. You're too messy. Don't make a mess. You know, all these kinds of things. And that's not necessarily exactly what young boys need to become proper men. Yeah. And I, another thing that I, that just came to my mind is, um, as you were talking about that, it's specifically when it comes to young boys, um, just young youth in general. Um, one of my least favorite things that I feel like I hear adults say a lot is, you know better than that. And it's like, well, maybe they don't. I feel like as adults, it's easy for us to get into this mindset of, you're old enough now. You know better than that. And it's like, what does old enough now mean? Like, I, I don't, Did you hear that as a kid? I did, yeah. And that's like, to this point of a lack of initiation, we don't know better right now. We need some form of rite of passage as we hit a certain age and start to make, especially as young men, start to make our way into adulthood, into what it means to be a man. And so many of us, I feel, haven't gotten any direction around what does it look like to be a fully healthy masculine male Mm -hmm. who both embodies this masculine energy but isn't afraid of his feminine energy as well. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also of a big mindset of like before man or woman were human and as humans, we embody both the feminine and the masculine. They're not, they don't not exist without each other. They're, mm-hmm. they co it's like the yin and yang. Yeah. They need each other. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, it, and it's, uh, I think it's just an acceptance of the whole. Yeah. You know, I think a, a, a lot of Western society tries to compartmentalize a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, section a lot of things off and say like, you know, this is, you know, if you're, if you're being this particular kind of like, if you're crying, that's, weak for a man to cry Mm -hmm. that's it's in and there's almost like this sort of general consensus in our culture of like all right buddy it's okay like you'll be all right you know it's instead of just you know maybe sitting with that and 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 being like what what's going on for you what's coming up i'm here i'm here for you like what do you need brother yeah you know like really like accepting this this role of brotherhood i feel like that's really kind of spoken to me a lot recently too yeah um because, and I, I think it, it reflects just the culture that we grow up in, right? Right. There's a, we have, this is a very hyper-individualistic, yeah. consumerist culture. Yep. Um, and even more so now than before where people are realizing, well, I guess... I guess we don't really need to go outside and see other people. We can just see them on screens and order things oh, to our man. homes and that's fine. And it's like, we're missing a crucial element a crucial. Of, of connection. Yeah. The, being in the presence of other people. Right. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit on that, but well, I think you're to your point about nature too, like being in connection with other people 
and also being in connection with nature. Being in this state that we're in right now of having to stay at home and go to Zoom meetings and virtually do your daily life from the comfort of your home, which in theory and in some days is like fucking great. Like Mm -hmm. that's awesome. But to your point, I feel like, yeah, we're missing out on some crucial things right here. That connection to nature and that connection to uh, other humans, which we are innately social beings. Like it's a, just a part of like a well-balanced diet for being a well-functioning human being um, is uh, it's it's at stake right now. And I feel like also it's a big reason why our climate's the way that it is, because how many of us before all of the COVID stuff popped up um, had kind of just been going about our daily lives and our our adventures were from our living room to our office and we weren't getting outside enough and connecting with nature. And I think when you lose that connection, you really do kind of start to like lose sight of how much pain the actual earth is in right now. And we yeah. need to kind of like step up uh, and do our part to, to change the direction the climate's going in the way. Cause like everyone's saying, it's so cliche, but like there is no planet B like we're all in this together. And until we can like conceptualize and like see that and really feel it, that we are all in this together, well, who knows where it's going to go? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think that, that th- the idea of we're all in this together sounds really good, yeah. but how many people really f- truly feel that? Not enough. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's like for, for me, I'll speak to myself and I think you can probably uh, resonate with this as well, Mikey, but when I'm in connection with my brothers in the, in the men's groups that I'm a part of, um, then I really start to feel like, yeah, we are all in this together. Like we all need to support each other through this and, um, look past our projections of somebody else. If somebody's saying something that might be fringe or, or brush up against some ideas, you might not be a fan of rather than, uh, I guess, internalize it and, and bash that person for, you know, maybe being a Trump supporter or whatever ideal that they have that you don't, um, seek to understand and be curious about it. Yeah. Because they're not they're not a bad person because of that. Right. Yeah. And I, I think even with that, like, <clears throat> you know, it's someone that's a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. So you could have a good relationship with like not we don't have to define ourselves by the things that we attach to. Because right. I think a lot of people are looking for meaning and purpose. A lot of people have all kinds of different reasons why they might support someone politically or why they might like someone or why they might donate to some fund or not another one. Right. We all do that. Right. Yeah. Like, um, you know, maybe like, for example, uh, I talked about doing that work with the Colombian tribe, the taboo yeah. people, and they had some stuff happen early in the pandemic where they were in some trouble. The government mm-hmm. was kind of cracking down. They needed some Damn. funds and there was a Kickstarter campaign for them. So I donated to it and I shared it. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. But it was like that spoke to me. You know, it's not going to speak to everybody. So we just have to find the things that speak to us. Yes. And sometimes the things that speak to us aren't the healthiest things, but it's a substitute for that hole that we're trying to fill. Right. That connection hole, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you go to a Trump rally, you meet some amazing people there, you know, you're all chanting, he's coming out to the YMCA, he's saying, (laughs) we're going to win, we're going to bring jobs back. You're like, this is great. I used to work in this plant and I got laid off and I need a job, like whatever. And maybe, you know, whatever, you're Christian and that's, and that gives meaning. So it's like, everybody's looking for meaning. Yes. Deep, deep connection community people that they can really count on and depend on yeah um and i think that that has been something that has been eroded and we've seen it with like 
you know, in a lot of the ways in our culture with the lone gunslinger, you know, the, <laughs> the guy that the lone ranger, he does yeah. it all on his own. He, you know, throws the weight of the world is on his shoulders and he's going to rise to the occasion Atlas with the huge thing and he's holding the rock. Yes. And, yeah. You know, but, but really when we look to like the samurai, Ooh. you know, the, the, yeah. the sort of the warrior covenants, the, the groups, the, mm. the, the, where they have a, a particular kind of order in a way, this is the way, this is the way, you know, the Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. like he's part of a, a group, a guild, mm -hmm. a brotherhood, a connection. And you know, that it, I think is coming back. I'm starting to too. see yeah. that, that that's coming back. Cause I think a lot of men are seeing that they're in turmoil, they're in distress, they feel like they're not doing the things that sing to their heart, that they call to their souls. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like warriors. They don't feel like kings. They don't feel like magicians. They don't feel like lovers. They no. feel like kind of bland and like, what, what am I supposed to do? So they drink, they do drugs, they right. yell, they're violent. You know, they, they take it out on other people. Mm -hmm. All, you know, it, they get into positions of power and they just go, Hey, yeah, let's just take advantage of people and make as much money as possible. So right. I can get a yacht and fly to the Cayman <laughs> islands whenever I want. Right. That'd be nice. Right. But we, <laughs> but the same story always plays out. We yeah. always see these people make all this money and all this success and they're unhappy. They're, you know, they're whatever yeah. they're, 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 they're depressed or they're committing suicide or. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been, I feel like we're being sold happiness in the form of money. And it's like, that's not, and that's why I love, you know, when Jim Carrey comes out and he's like, I want, I wish every, I want everybody to achieve everything they've ever wanted and make all the riches they ever had so that they can see it's not the answer. And I, I, you know, I think that's for me, a big drive is like, what is the answer? And I'm learning that like, there really isn't answers. I think it's all up open to interpretation and mm. you know, you got to really kind of like what we were talking about earlier. And I love Bruce Lee has a quote about this as well, but like, as you move through life and you learn new things, absorb what makes sense for you, make it your own and what doesn't apply to you, like reject it. It's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really kind of what I'm moving into myself as I'm learning to uncover what really makes max max and what mm -hmm. makes me live the most authentic life that I possibly can. And, uh, that's also a hard journey at the same time because mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta sift through all the programming. Like what did I pick up? That's not mine and that I can let go of. But sometimes it's hard to let go of those patterns because you've been doing them for so long. Yeah, take it back to the factory for repairs. Yeah, exactly. You get the refurbished version back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's and there's a lot of, you know, what happens is we we grow up with like particular ideologies or yeah. subscribe to particular belief systems or indoctrinated into particular traditions. I mean, everything's an indoctrination. Doesn't yeah. matter where you are. I mean, you're going to be conditioned. But we can definitely make sure that we have wise and 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 delicate and tender and proper uh, indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Like like you're coming into this world as a youth. You're born into this. We're going to facilitate the growth that your soul desires to seek. Yeah, and that's a delicate and nuanced dance. And what our culture's done is is mechanize that. Mm. Just been like, all right, send them in, <laughs> slap them on with a number, send them, send get, them get away, the yellow yeah. buses to pick them up, ship them to the center. Ooh. Give them the give them the downloads. Tell them to regurgitate it. Okay, give them a code. Give them like a code system approved yeah. onto the next level, and then and that's the game. That's how the game mm -hmm. goes. And even into the adult world, it's like instead of the grades, it's the money. Yeah, 
Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. I didn't even think of that correlation either. Like going from grades to money. Oh, it's like a factory. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like churning them out. <laughs> Crank them out. Crank them out. Yeah. You um, know? And I think it was TK Coleman who you had on the show. Oh he yeah. Was talking TK. about how he has, uh, how the government has a monopoly on education. And that just as somebody who's been an educator, uh, really resonated for me, um, who still is an educator. Um, because it's so true. It's like the upper echelon can afford uh, the private tuition paid uh, elementary, high school, whatever it be. Um, but for the people who don't have access to that, it's public schools. And that's, I mean, I went to a public school. My public school, I felt, did a really great job. Um, and that's not to bash public schools to say that they're not doing the best that they can right now. I firmly believe our education system is doing the best with what they've got. Because yeah. what they've got right now isn't all that great. Right. Um, and that's in terms of just like policy that's in place and all the bureaucratic bullshit that comes with it. Um, but I, yeah, there's, there's a better way. And I'm not sure what that way is that we go about educating our children, but I'm committed to finding that way. Um, and I, and I'm a firm believer that it also has to do with combining not just the walls of a classroom, but the great outdoors. I think that's the key to a holistic and a well-rounded education. Um, that's going to allow people, allow students to feel connected with themselves, but also feel connected with the earth. Um, cause I feel like as kids are being churned out of this machine, as we were talking about it earlier, uh, we are, it's hard for us to connect because, I, we were given so many to do's. I mean, in my classroom, I remember seeing that uh, test anxiety is through the roof and the amount at which we test our students is just astronomical and asinine. Like it's right. un, unnecessary. The kids want to get a good score on the test to make to mom and dad happy. Mom and dad. Yeah. And the teachers want the kids to get a good score on the test so, so they, they could please the administrators. Yep. It's and the, the administrators want to show masters. the state, right? It's yeah. right, but really, I mean, what what we what we know that we need mm-hmm. is more of an individualized, personalized, yes. empathetic, compassionate facilitation of a child's growth, and yes. maybe that looks like you, Max, taking you know uh, six kids uh, for a semester out hiking every day yeah. and while you're hiking you're talking about history mm-hmm. and you know you or you're learning about the geology and like you said being in nature connects you with this thing that's literally greater than you yeah and it also connects you with the ultimate truth that is this divine yin yang this mm-hmm. divine creative destructive property yeah that nature is when you're on a hike and you're going up a steep incline, I mean, you trip and maybe you get a scab on your, you cut your yeah. knee or something. It's like, you're going to get a hard lesson like real quick. Yep. <laughs> like this is, this is your, you're in this, the sea of creation right? and it's wild and mm-hmm. it's beautiful, but it's also very upfront and present. Like if you're not careful, mm-hmm. something, you know, like you could, something can happen. Yeah. You're in nature. Yep. You you're know? up to the to the you're surrendering to the flow of the universe right like ultimately at that point like what mountain lion could come right across my path and i gotta be ready for that right and but we've insulated ourselves so much that we, we view think, it as a negative and an enemy almost right right it's like we need to control this thing and mm-hmm. we sit on top of nature but really we're a part of it and i think yeah. by being a part of it helps us get more in touch with our humanity mm-hmm and by getting more in touch with our humanity, we're able to give from a place that's more fulfilled and nourished yep. back to, yes. the, to, to our environment. Right. 
hundred percent. We're so, we're so out of touch with these things. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to like disclude members of, of, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but ultimately what I'm trying to get to is I do feel like we're, it's getting better. I do feel like we're waking up yeah, to this is. fact. Yeah. And while all of those other pursuits of like business and law and doctors, that's noble and that's necessary for a well-functioning civilization and a society, but we need, there's a better way. It doesn't just need to be all work all the time. It doesn't need to be show up, put in 12 hours a day to make your salary and bust your ass and come home at night and not have the bandwidth to be the human that you need to be, to be, to like show up for your partner, to show up for yourself. Um, I'm in a period of transition right now where I'm on a break and I can just, I, I can take care of myself in a way that I wasn't really able to when I was working my job um, because it consumes so much of your time and it consumed so much of my bandwidth just in my head in general. I was trying to, you know, calculate those next steps, make sure, make sure the ship was going to stay sailing. Right. Um, but when you can step away from that and focus on you, I'm just noticing how out of touch I was. And I, we need to create more balance in this uh, capitalistic world. It doesn't need to be go, 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 work, 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 make the paper, more money, more problems. You know, it's, 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 it's getting old. And right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think we're transitioning to many different ways of, of being, you know, I'm mm -hmm. seeing just like a lot of good emerge. So, you know, we're, let's definitely, you know, I think we're covering a lot of ground in terms of like what's not working mm -hmm. and, and maybe we can transition a little bit into like some, some things that are, and then what we want to see in the future, but we could stay with this too, just to yeah. identify even more of just kind of like some of the area, the pain points, the yes. concerns, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was I was just thinking about um, how you know we we've we've become stuck yeah. in in a particular like form. Yeah, you know, it's like, and I think that's a the, a tendency for people in the West, or at least our culture, the American culture, is like we found something that works, and we're just gonna stick with it, ride it out, and we're gonna ride it out, and we're gonna ride it to out. the fucking bottom of the barrel, <laughs> right? And it's like there, and any thought of like doing something differently is scary. like scary. It's like, Oh, like that's, I'm not going to just send my kid to go walk in the woods with some guy. It's like, yeah, but there, there were, there's a different kind of education here. Yeah. I remember exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say the, where we, where we are now in terms mm -hmm. of like, you know, when I, when I, when I talk about community, like I've really given a lot more thought into like what community really looks like. And mm -hmm. it is like, you know, that, as as men, as adults, as people in partnerships, uh, households, families, whatever it is, to have a group of people mm -hmm. that are outside of your blood family mm. that you could also kind of consider to be family. Mm. It's like to have that, to have that connection, to know that like, hey man, like if, you, if there's anything you need, like I got you, you know, you're in this yeah. time of transition. Like if there's, if there's something that, you know, hey, look, I'm like, you know, I need you know, like a, a thing, like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going skiing and yeah. I, I don't have a pair of skis and I do, and I'm not using them. Right. Like you can have them or, yeah. you know, like I, I got a surplus of food, you know, take some oranges back with you or, you know, just mm -hmm. more of that kind of give. And I feel like when, when people came here, like when my great grandparents came here from Italy and they settled in, in New York, they stayed in, it was like a, the Italian community and the Jewish community, the Irish community, yeah. the German community. And like, people really 
stick together and like live together and, and helped each other. Yeah. And now we're seeing that like, oh, we don't even need those borders and boundaries of culture and identity so much anymore. We get to choose who we want to interact with and create our own cultures and our own tribes. Yeah. And we can all help and lend and borrow. You need you if you need a lawnmower and I have one, you know, you get mm -hmm. you get that. And if I need to, you know, it's just we don't have to be these hyper individualistic things. And I think I'm starting to see us breaking more, breaking out of that. Yeah. There's just a lot of openings now to develop intentional communities, to set new values, new morals, new, you know, tribal etiquette. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's because I think so many of us are waking up to the fact of like, this shit isn't working anymore. And it's not working for so much of us, but there's, there's a, still a lot of us who are, um, to your point, afraid of that change. And change, that's, I don't want to downplay change. Change is fucking scary. Like, yeah. I think it's probably one of the biggest resistances we face as humans is like change. It's like, well, I don't know. This is pretty comfy and cozy in here right now. I don't know if I want to come out of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why new ideas can be so threatening and so scary for some people because I'm really comfortable with what I've got right now. Um, but it's like, as I've been growing and learning, it's just when you step out of that comfort zone, that's when, that's when the magic happens. Um, and that's when you can experience, I feel more joy and more connectedness with yourself and everyone around you. And I think, so many more people are starting to realize that and crave that and they bought into that american dream that white picket fence for a long time and a lot of people got it and i think they got it and there was a lot of turmoil at home still like i got this american dream that everybody said once i had that i would have infinite happiness and i don't and it's like that's not emotion translates to energy in motion so you're gonna have a variety of different emotions in any given single day mm -hmm. it's okay if you're not happy all the time like right. you're going to have days where you feel like shit yeah. and that's okay. But I, I don't know about you. I didn't grow up. I mean, I grew up in a household where I, uh, I was validated in my emotional experience when I was sad and stuff. Um, but I was also kind of a, this mindset of like, I'm supposed to be happy all the time. That's, that's what I do. That's like, that's when I've achieved the ultimate goals when I'm just always happy. Why did you feel that way? <laughs> um, I mean, was that something internal from you or was that something that you noticed externally? I feel like... Like Max well, is like, so nice. Like Max is great when he's happy. We love happy Max. I feel like it's a combination of both. I feel like in general, I'm, I'm a very happy-go-lucky guy. I've always had a really positive mindset and positive attitude. Um, but I think at an earlier age in my life, it was overly so to compensate for the level of sadness that I was actually feeling. Mm. Um, and just like tell myself, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Instead of just going into that place of sadness and having that experience um, and really allowing myself to feel that sadness because yeah. that was scary for a number of reasons. Um, and um, I think more so like from a societal standpoint at that, I mean, it was the early nineties and we're in a way different place now than we were in the early nineties and I was still pretty young. Um, but I still feel like there was that element of like the American dream could be attained. I mean, when I was five years old, I told my mom I was going to buy her house on the beach. Figured I'd do that by the time I'm 30. Guess what? I'll be 30 next year and I'm nowhere near to buying her that house on right. the beach. Um, and I just think I felt you know, if I get the good, it was when I got out of college and I was like, okay, I'll get the, that cushy desk job that looks out over the city skyline and I'll make a bankroll and I'll just be, that'll be it. Like I'll made it when I have an office with a view. I thought like then I'm in. And then I hit the streets and did door to door sales for a little bit. Cause you got to fucking start somewhere. Right. Mm. Um, and did that for two years and crushed it. And then it was like, maybe business isn't it. And maybe I need to build my own business. Uh, and so I tried, um, my buddy and I, tried to create our own clothing company and 
still wasn't really feeling the value add there. Um, and then I transitioned into education. And then that's when I was like, okay, here's where I see a great need. Here's where I feel like I'm adding value and it's value that's going to create a ripple. It's not just a dollar sign and an exchange, um, but rather like meaningful ripples that could create bigger movements for these youth someday. Yeah. 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 I think that that ripple was probably felt too more in the collective, like around 2010, you know, yeah. two, 2000, between 2008 and 2010, we had this big shift, you know, the, 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 the banks, the collapse, the mortgage crisis, the financial yeah. meltdown, uh, the bailouts, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. It was a big, big, you know, um, blow to this dream. That's and it, a good point. A lot yeah. of people that were sleeping and mm-hmm. having this dream <laughs> were getting jolted awake into some other different reality and yeah. going, holy shit, like this is not working. Yeah. And we're just, we keep progressing more and more towards that idea of this isn't working and we need solutions. Yeah. And there's a lot that we have to do to sort of look to the mentors and look to the teachers find them and then really like transform ourselves. It's almost, it's a very big task because we don't have that sort of wise old elder tribal initiation Mm -hmm. into the, you know, so now like in our thirties, we're like doing that or like our mid twenties or thirties and we're doing that and trying to really bring about something that makes sense for us that we can feel that we're, we're not having this like pressure, this, this, constant pressure that we need to like perform yes. and provide. And while th- those are important things, they're not the sole, um, identities of men, right? Soul identity. Like we're so much more than that. Exactly. And of, and of people of all people really, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that just particularly for men that I think there's this idea of like, you need to like make as much money as possible and mm-hmm. provide like yep. that's the role you you go and you you take care of things mm-hmm. and you know it's a very very tall order and and a lot of men get get twisted down. and burnt down because they're doing things that that don't speak to their soul mm-hmm. and kill them and they're constantly frustrated and stressed <laughs> and feel like they can't win right yeah yeah and, and it's a difficult it's a difficult place to be in i think um that our masculine energy in general is such a strong force and it needs some form of direction. And I feel like the direction it's been steered in to your point of like the provider and making all of this money, um, we've, we've bought into it too much and we're like letting fall by the wayside, our humanness and getting so caught up in this need to provide that we're forgetting to, um, take care of ourselves and admit when we need help and lean on our brothers and, just step into that what i think has been deemed for a long time up until now um a space where men shouldn't go that soft emotional side of things i think has been really scary for a lot of men because we've been told no matter how hard it gets no matter how sad you are you don't show it and you keep providing yeah and that's what that's your job yeah that's what just you're shut up to bottle it up <laughs> yeah. step up take the hit on the fucking chin get right. over it and keep going yeah and it's like to there, there's a shred of truth to that but don't you can't buy into that too much. Yeah, you got to keep moving forward when things get hard, but you also need to acknowledge when things are hard and give yourself the space to grieve, to be sad, to be mad, to whatever it is. Like validate your emotional experience. Like we're allowed to have those as men too. Mm-hmm. It's, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think there's uh, some fear. I think maybe there was even fear on my end of like being like, 
oh no, if I open up and if I mm-hmm. am real and transparent and vulnerable, if I cry, if I show emotion, if I'm sad, if I admit I'm sad, if I admit I'm depressed, then that means that like I'm going to be that. Yeah. I mean, to be, yes. I'm, I'm, be stuck there, I'm right? now like, uh, I'm going to be one of those guys that just wears loafers and a cardigan <laughs> and drinks tea and just like talks very softly and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, think, and it's like, no, you don't have to, it's not that because you're exhibiting something that means that you mm-hmm. now represent the totality of this particular identity that you've crafted in your mind of like, Oh, I guess I'm this now. Yeah. Oh no, I cried. I must be like, I'm a, I guess I'm, 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 I'm the sensitive guy now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like for a temporary period, you're like expressing some sensitivity. Yeah. But I think that it's, it's really healthy to show men, look, you're a range of different things yeah. at any given time. And you can cry and be vulnerable and express your feelings and be soft and be tender. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, slice somebody's head off if you yeah, needed to. Have that, yeah, you have know? that clear, direct <laughs> decisiveness of the warrior at the same time. Right. It's like that warrior, lover, magician archetype all kind of coming together. Absolutely. Totally, yeah. I think I, I had a good uh, quote here from the book, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, oh, nice. uh, which I recommend rediscovering the archetypes of the mature masculine, where he says, uh, Robert Moore says, the positive warrior energy destroys only what needs to be destroyed mm. in order for something new and fresh and more alive and virtuous to appear. Ooh, goosebumps. Yeah. And I feel I was, um, this summer, my, my book that I was recommending to everyone, you probably heard me say this a million times was the hidden spirituality of men by Matthew yeah, Fox. Right. And he talks a lot about that warrior energy, um, and how a lot of men are still embodying the soldier energy, which is more of like, kind of that mindset I was talking to earlier of just like being the provider regardless of what emotional experience you're having. Um, get it done. You get it done. Shut up, get it done. Exactly. And you do what you're told. Whereas this warrior energy is taking right action and knowing which action needs to be taken in the right moment. Um, and I think that's, that's something as men right now, we're kind of waking up back up to, and like, I don't always need to be the soldier and be the good boy and get shit done. I can also be the warrior and take right action and say no when I need to say no and set firm boundaries, um, but also uh, voraciously attack my dreams and goals and make it happen for myself mm-hmm. while still being a wholehearted masculine male um, and loving every every step of the way through it. Right. Yeah. So what what was it for you? Because I remember you told me when you first moved to Denver that you started a men's group um, and, and we're a part of one now, mm-hmm. uh, and there's, uh, you're also a part of another one and we're talking about, you know, all these ideas and, and how interesting they are. So yeah, I'm curious if you want to share a little bit about your, your growth into mm-hmm. the interest in discovering this work and, uh, and diving into it, like where it came from when you discovered it and, and how that unfolded for you and, and why it's so important to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a very vulnerable and raw story for me, um, especially during this time of the year. Um, yeah, I, I had a pretty significant trauma from a young age when my mom and dad got divorced. I mean, when you're young, that's like, that's your axiom, right? Like mom and dad, that's God. They don't go away. They don't divorce. And so that shattered immediately. Um, and it was hard on the whole family. And I didn't... Sorry, I'm just lowering this. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, apologize. Um, it was hard on the family. It was hard on me. And, um, and it, and I didn't have the, the best male role model in my life to really show me how to appropriately heal through this. I was very much fed that masculine archetype of 
the soldier of so the way it's going to be fucking suck it up take the hit on the chin and let's keep moving through this so that's the way it's going to be mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of men hear that right yeah. and it's almost like this sisyphean burden that we need to take on yeah. it's like you know which again there's some truth to that mm-hmm. but it's it's i think it's the approach the the uh the unfolding of that the in- induction of that yes. right it's like yep. it's not just to say this is this is the way it's going to be mm-hmm. and you need to just 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 toughen like just harden yep. callous up yep. take whatever you're feeling mm-hmm. put it away somewhere mm-hmm but that's impossible. It's so, you can't do that. No. That's not healing. And that's not liberating. You'll burn yourself from the inside out. You'll right. Literally just like crumble. Um, but I tried, I, you know, that's, and I feel like you, to this point of initiation, what we've been talking about, I feel I've, I read a statistic that, uh, boys hear that as, as early as age five to stop crying. And this is the way that it's going to be. Um, so that's kind of our initiation at this point and in, in our soul's journey, if you want to call it that it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm different. I am man. I don't have emotions. Men are, men are strong. Men are, and we're, we're taught this like misconception of what strength and what it means to be man actually is. And the initiation is, uh, suck it up and get over it. Like right. you're a man. Right. And it's like, Oh, okay. Um, so what do I do now? <laughs> right. What do I do now? Right. Yeah. And then the opposite side of that is the sort of the babying. Right. right? So it's like, Oh, it's okay, honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's crying. Just give him some more toys or give him some more yes. treats or whatever Spoiled you want. You want to use the phone. That's fine. Right. You know? And it's like, there's some, there's, again, it goes back to this, this mechanized culture, this mm. Western mechanized culture that, that we've built up here that excludes a lot of the um, dimensions of, of humanity yeah. uh, that puts us into these boxes and compartmentalizes everything and doesn't allow for the totality of our experience yes. to, to come through. Um, and it's, it's, it's like we're trying to rediscover this, this nuanced way. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what happened next for you? Like, through this growing up and, and feeling that and yeah. And, uh, I got, it was probably two. Well, I guess really when I graduated college is when I consider my like true education started. Um, that's when I realized all the ways in which school didn't really serve me. Um, college was a different story cause I was able to pick and choose what I wanted to fill my brain with, which I loved. And I thought that was awesome. Um, but it was my true education started when I got into the real world and I was trying to embody all these masculine archetypes of like, it's not hard. Even if it feels hard, it's not hard. Get over it and fucking do it. You don't have problems. There are plenty of other people in the world who have it way worse than you do. So I wasn't even able to acknowledge my own problems that I had because I didn't feel I, I was embodying this belief of like, Oh, well that's not what men do. It's not right. Like I'm not, I can't have that experience. Um, and it was just like eating me apart inside, man. I was feeling it probably 23, 24, I was like, this, if I don't like do something different in my life, this is going to eat me alive. Mm. This isn't good. And I'm going to follow in some footsteps of some family members that I don't really want to follow in right now. Right. You would, you're going to burn your village down to feel warmth. Exactly. And I'm going to perpetuate a pattern that needs to stop here and needs to stop with me. And ultimately that was, that's been a big driver for me in in the force of my work is like the, it stops here. Like I'm not continuing this uh, ancestral trauma of our men burning themselves from the inside out for uh, a greater good that so believing in such a greater good that they're not taking care of their own experience at the same time. Um, 
And so when I moved to Denver, it was just kind of a, a complete overhaul of my life. I dropped all of the business world stuff that I was doing. I got a degree in management, um, but I minored in philosophy. So that was that was my cushion to kind of allow me to branch into other avenues. Um, and I jumped into AmeriCorps and I started working with young men. I had a caseload of 10 young men, uh, sorry, nine young men, one young lady um, who all came from a family of divorce. Imagine that. <laughs> Um, it was, I was 26 at the time. Yeah. 20, 25, 26. And, uh, just really being confronted with a lot of that old past trauma and hurt through these kiddos. Um, and that woke me up even more to the fact of like, shit, like there's a lot I need to work through still from this part of my life that I was denied, that I wasn't allowed to have that experience because that's not what men do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, one of the first people I actually met in Colorado, was Dan Male. I was introduced to him from a friend called John Block. Mr. John Block, he's the man, he's a good guy. Um, and Dan was moving. I helped him move. Um, they'd been talking about this men's group. Uh, Dan and I had had gotten lunch a f- couple of times after we had met. Um, and just through, you know, more meetings and more chit chat, um, eventually he invited me to a men's group. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'd love to go. So I started going to that probably in 2018, um, early 2018. And that really kind of just cracked my whole world open to it, man. I was like, okay, like this, this exists. This is what I've been looking for here. I'm sitting in a circle of other men who are expressing their sensitivities and their vulnerabilities and their hurt and their truth. And it's safe to do it here. I'm really, it was my first time really stepping into an environment with other men where that was accepted, where that was okay. And to, and to hold each other in that space and help each other work through some of those pains and work some th- through some of that rage and that sadness through different, uh, we actually embodied a lot of warrior, king, lover, magician. And we had a warrior round, a lover round, a magician round, the whole nine yards. And that's what, how we would do our work. Mm. Um, and it, it would just, it opened me up, man, and allowed me to really fully step into that sensitive, vulnerable place. Um, prior to that, I'd done a theta healing retreat, which kind of cracked the nutshell to begin with. Uh, that really helped to allow a lot to come in. But I was in a place of spiritual bypass. This kid's a hard nut to crack <laughs> over here. Hard nut to crack. You're from the East Coast guy. You, you got you to gotta really harden that shell. Um, right. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was what I needed to get the, the nut cracked. And then there was a level of spiritual bypass that I was kind of caught up in in that moment. I think that's a natural progression in, mm-hmm. in the growth phase though. And when I came out of that, that's when I was really able to acknowledge my problems and, um, jump into this men's work even deeper. And I, um, through uh, actually an organization here in Denver called walk to connect. Um, I, for a little bit, not a long period of time, only hosted a couple of walks. Um, I'll get to later why that happened. Um, but I start, I opened up men's walks and started to create a space for men. I was still really early on in this men's work journey, not even a full year into it yet. Um, and I wasn't having a lot of success on these men walks uh, with other men showing up. I think it was still early in the game and men were still kind of waking up to this work. It was like really kind of right around the Me Too movement and a lot of uh, shit was being kicked up. The water was getting stirred. The mud was coming up. Um, and I still think it was really hard for men to like confront that and really show up in that space. I had a couple of successful walks where there was a good number of men, but it was, uh, it was pretty lackluster and I was got a little upset about it. And mm. when I really sat with it and started to think about this, I was like, well, where, you know, why, why isn't it as abundant as it could be in my life? And it's because I realized I'm still working through a lot. I'm not in a place where I can successfully and safely hold space for these men yet, because mm. I was realizing 
that some of these men I was taking on walks would trigger some things of me uh, in my trauma. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't quite ready for that yet. I didn't really know yet how to manage those triggers the way that I do now. Uh, Where now I've been involved in the work long enough where it's just so very seamlessly kind of matriculated into a leadership role uh, now with uh, Dan Molly and his men's group and uh, what we got going on at Connection Council with Bill. Uh, Yeah, it just been, it just happened very organically and that feels really good. I kind of walked away from the men's group, the men's walk that I was hosting sad and kind of down on myself, uh, but also just leaving it up to blind faith and trusting that it'll come back when the time was right. And it it really did. And I think 2020 has definitely been the year uh, for anybody to be confronted with that work and be like, shit, I got some work to do. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I now see how important this is. Yeah. There was a time when I was very resistant to it, probably much like the men that weren't showing up and and opening up and, and coming and, and, and like being available. And I think it was just because like, you know, judgment, I guess I would look at something and say, all right, look at these guys, like, you know, expressing them. Like, I don't need that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm fine. You know, there's this like rationalization where it feels like, you know, there, there's a natural instinct in me too, to like, want to like make fun and jab it and and just be like, Oh, that's, you know, just kind of lame or whatever. What was it? Like, I, I, you have to be, I guess you have to be at the right moment in your life to be open to that. Because I think a lot of men will look at maybe some men's work and just think like, well, I don't really need that. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. like, that's for people maybe that have like massive trial or something or like, what are these guys doing? They're like holding each other, jumping around a fire. And you're like, what are they, what is this? Like, <laughs> I, this, like who needs this? But, uh, I would argue that we all need it. Yeah, I dude, think it's like it's very, so very healing, but yeah. there is this resistance. Do you think that's just from the conditioning? Mm-hmm. Like what you didn't have that resistance. You were pretty open to it. But it, was there a time where you were resistant? Like, or did you just say, hey, this looks like it's going to work for me. I'm, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've always been a very open and just intuitive and empathic kid from a young age. Um, I, w- I had a very keen ability. I was very perceptive. Um, I was just able to read a room really well. So I feel like, yeah, I, I've really, myself, there, there was some resistance at first. That resistance came from, what's my old man going to think of this? Ah. Yeah, because that was that was a big influence in my life around seeing how he showed up as a man and what he communicated to me and how I should be showing up as a man and then learning throughout my journey, this isn't the healthiest way I could be showing up. And this actually, I'm feeling the hurt from this a lot. And I think that's another thing about me. I'm a highly sensitive person. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I feel really deeply. And I think that's what kind of did it for me, this pain I was feeling by kind of keeping it all inside and trying to do it all on my own. I was like, I can't do this. This is, I'm a sensitive dude and I need an avenue to connect with my brothers and see if they have similar feelings and, and see if I'm, make sure I'm not the only nut in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I still see the resistance. I'm feeling the resistance less now in men. Um, I've seen a lot of friends in my circle open up to it and being like, yeah, that's, that's something I could use. Um, where in the past, when I would talk about this stuff, it was kind of woo woo, like hippy dippy. Right. Right. Like, That's, uh, don't yeah. come to me with that shit. Right. Like, right. What are you doing? Like, right. I'm not, I'm from fucking Boston. I got <laughs> this under control. Transitioning yeah. that so seamlessly. <laughs> so good. Knocking on doors in Boston yeah. for two years. If I can give it to you guy. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what it is. You just hit yeah. the nail on the head. That resistance where, where I was thinking, where mm-hmm. I was coming from, I had sort of convinced myself that I'm like, 
no, I'm on the spiritual path. Like yeah. I'm good. And like still this men's work seems a little like, eh, a little yeah. like hippy dippy, like yeah. floddy dotty. Yeah. Like I don't need that. Bunch of guys talking about the feelings. The fuck are we doing that for? Right. But <laughs> I would have no problem doing that in like a ayahuasca circle, for right. example. But for some reason it just, you know, and I, I think it was because for me, and I, I hope we're still staying on track. I'm not trying to divert this, but I just no, I, the, bring this up to, to relate. Like I never thought I love my father. I think my father is great. Oh, yeah. It's just that when growing up, there were certain things that I felt like I really needed yeah. that I didn't get. Yep. And, and I had a very combative relationship with my mother. Mm. And now I've, I've come to realize my God, I love my mother and holy shit, I got some issues with my father. <laughs> I was like, I never thought about that because yeah. I always thought of my dad as like a good guy and everything. Mm -hmm. And he was, he is, he's a great guy, but he just, the particular kind of man that he is, is like not really what I felt like I wanted yeah. in a, in a man, like in a role model in a figure mm. to, to show me the way I felt very, unfocused and like directionless. Like yeah. I didn't have a, 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 a real solid anchor, mm -hmm. um, male role model in my life to be like, this is how you be in the world. This is how you, this is what is, um, good and noble and appropriate. And like, yeah. you know, uh, but even though he did do some of those things, it just didn't, it didn't get filtered down through me. I witnessed my father, like, you know, crying and like on his knees, like overwhelmed, like, mm -hmm. what is this? Like, I got, you know, like I can't mm -hmm. handle this. I got three kids and they're driving me crazy and I don't yeah. know what to do. Just do whatever you want. Go away. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I never really realized like how much that affected me. So when I realized that I'm like, oh yeah, like when I have a family, like I want to be, I want to lead by example and yeah. show and role model what it means to embody healthy masculine, healthy feminine, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, king, yeah. warrior, magician, lover, right? The whole, yeah. the whole, the whole of it. Being balanced. Being yeah. balanced and lead by example and show, you know, strength and honor, mm -hmm. you know, all, just all that really good stuff. Because when we talk about, and I, I want to hear from your experience too, when we talk about what it means to be a man, I mean, mm -hmm. what, what is that? Right? Yeah. It's like, what is that? How, what do, yeah. What we is that? We don't really know, you know, and, and, yeah. but we are all looking for. Answers. You know, I, yeah. Like I look at like someone like Alan Watts, who I yeah. love, yeah. You know, so 100%. much, right? Mm -hmm. Great and guy. Like, hey, how would you like for me to be the father? <laughs> Please, Daddy Alan. <laughs> I'll be your daddy. So then, I'm your father. <laughs> yeah, you but but like right, like ima imagine it. Like if for me, I'm like, oh my god. Imagine if like Alan Watts was my dad. Yeah. Like, and I'm just thinking, like, how cool would that be? But I see that as like that's the kind of. Per, like you know i'm like kind of looking for a sort of uh, a figure that's sort of like that yeah um i don't know if i've necessarily found that really yeah it's hard it's hard to find that and i think one thing i've really am coming to grips with as i'm doing work around my father as i'm doing work around masculinity in general is i don't know that 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 like that 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 really exists um, <laughs> yeah. and i think it's that up idealized for, version. yeah and i think it's up to us as men to show up what we feel is the healthiest and most balanced for us. Cause I, at this, while we are all connected, we're all human, we're all men. We all have those male tendencies. We're still very unique to our own individual self. And I think it's paying very close attention to the way you show up every day. 
and paying attention to those little triggers and those little and knowing like which triggers to act on and which ones are just fucking triggers, right? Like you don't need to pull every trigger that comes up. There's certain ones you got to find and pinpoint and dig deeper into, but don't dig into all of them because you're going to just dig a shitload of holes and you're not going to feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'm really learning to do is like, yeah, absorbing from other men that I, that embody qualities that I deem as a healthy masculine, um, and maybe there are some aspects of those qualities that I don't really identify with. And so I will reject those and really just make it my own. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, yeah, I'm, I'm really coming to the grips of like the reason I have had so much anger around my father is because he didn't show up as the man that I wanted him to be that I believed in, but that's because he was his own man. And I've learned that he's had his own journey. He's had his own parenting experience. He's been parented his own way and he did the best he could with what he had. I firmly believe that. Right. And I acknowledge him for that. Um, but it wasn't the best for Max. So now I need to find these other qualities in other men. And I feel I've done a really good job of surrounding myself with other men in my life who embody certain qualities and values that I embody um, and display them in a way that I might not be displaying them yet and that I can learn from. Um, And I feel like it's just kind of like a culmination of that. Um, Yeah, like Alan Watts, Socrates. Uh, Have you seen uh, Captain Fantastic? I love that movie. (laughs) uh, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen from Captain Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Um, but yeah, I, I was actually, I was watching like the school of life, I think is a YouTube channel or whatever. And well, yeah, Alan, Alan de Botan, he's a philosopher. Yeah. So he made a really good point. And like, ultimately when we have daddy issues, what we're realizing and coming to grips is the fact that daddies don't actually exist. That Mm -hmm. man who's just going to come and make everything better and make and take care of everything for you is you. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to, you got to be the one to do that. Right. It falls on you. And I think I want to discern here. I'm not pushing the individual. I think the way you can go about doing this men's work is very important to do it with other men. It it is up to you to do the work, but it's also up to you to share the work. Right. I I think one thing that I love that Dan always says, and at the start of the other men's group that I'm a part of is what's shared here stays here and what's learned here leaves here. So taking what you learn from these men's groups and sharing it with other men is really important. Mm. Um, and also not bearing the burden alone because as men, we've undergone a lot of trauma. We've been through some shit and it's time for us to dig that shit up together um, and heal with it together. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, you do got to do the work on your own. You got to take that step yourself. Nobody's going to take it for you. Right, right. Yeah. And and as you like, I'm so glad that you said that because even now that I'm thinking about it, like Alan Watts actually wasn't a good father. <laughs> no, like he, he, he admitted too. He's like, I, he's like, I have not been a good father. Yeah. I could be better. Like, I think he had several like kids from several different marriages, mm-hmm. different women, and just didn't really like whatever he, I, I've heard him talk a little bit about that. So you're right. It, it, you know, taking little bits and pieces of what you see, mm-hmm. taking little like nuggets from, from role models and being like, Oh, I want to embody more of that. I want to, I mm-hmm. want to lead with more of that. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important, I think when you're young, depending on the generation you grew up in, um, the the male qualities you embodied were the other men you were surrounded by. I mean, ultimately, that's what we are, a culmination of the people we surround us, or we we surround ourselves with, Mm -hmm. um, with our own little unique flair pops up in there some way, shape, or form. Um, But where was I going with that? (laughs) Our unique flair, taking little bits of what works. Little bits. Little tiny bits. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I lost it. I think it went out the window. Mm. 
Um, have you ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger? I haven't. Oh, it's a very good book. Um, but he talks about how, you know, there's this sort of like band of brothers effect. Mm-hmm. You know, men at war, they really yeah. develop this camaraderie. And it's like, you know, we don't necessarily need war Mm-mm. to do that. But there, but there is this sort of like really great quality that happens when you have men together working towards a, a larger mission, having to work together and, you know, being with those people. Um, and that we just really, we don't really get it. You know, it's not like concretized in our mainstream apparatus. Yeah. It's not like, okay, like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it looks something like at 13 years old or, you know, 11, 12, 13, somewhere around that age, you go away, you know, to like a, mm-hmm. a summer camp type thing, or you, you get to, um, be challenged because I think we have to offer some kind of challenge, you know, as young boys, yeah. Maybe you could relate relate to this. Like I'm sure you probably can. You know, I'm outside with like a stick in my hand. You know, pretending I'm yeah. you know Lord of the Fuck Rings yeah. and running through the woods. I mean, we were doing it. We last did, week. I was gonna say shit. You we know, still like, do that. It's so fun <laughs> yeah. to, to to do that. But mm-hmm. there's there's some desire to like be be confronted with a challenge. Yes. To be to be uh, called to a quest. Mm-hmm. And and particularly at that at that age when you're transitioning and you're about to hit puberty and you're going to become mm. like an adult you're going to become yeah. someone that's an adult so for me i'm 36 i f- don't feel like what i thought i was going to be when i yep. was th- you know like mm-hmm. i still i'm like oh i get like i'm a yeah i guess i'm a man i don't know yeah. <laughs> like i yeah i still kind of feel because i've i've put i've been in this like uh, extended, you know, childhood state for mm-hmm. so long. Cause I was able to just get away with a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and I never really had that. I never really rose to the occasion with a challenge that I had to overcome mm-hmm. at a young age yeah. and something real, you know, something really confronting. Yeah. And I think that's why I like psychedelics a lot is because they helped confront me with like really challenging, uh, truths like right up in my face. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I have to like actually do something about this. Otherwise I'm just going to continue to suffer. Right. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good point too. I, I don't know. There's this, there's, I feel like there's two views around this. Like you don't need to suffer in order to be this holistic and, and have this rite of passage and, and grow into yourself to the best of your ability. Um, and I think there are definitely ways that you can go about doing it without suffering. But I think like much like the Buddha's suffering is a part of life. Yeah. I mean, existence is difficult. We're literally here because we're based off of survival. Our ancestors were able to survive all that other bullshit. So that's why we're still here so that we can keep surviving too. Yeah. Um, and I was confronted with a challenge at a very young age at age five is when my parents got divorced. And I think that's, that also kind of cracked me at a young age to be aware and be like, Oh, like, ow, <laughs> there's some, there's some pain here that I need to, to confront and that I need to work through and that I need to work with, um, so that I don't follow in these same footsteps and continue the pattern. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I think that that suffering and that, that initiation through some form of large challenge that arrives in your life is going to, whether you're uh, one of those spiritual people who believes in not needing to suffer or not, I think it's going to find you one way or another. I yeah. feel like, you know, that Saturn return, dark night of the soul. I've, I haven't come across anyone in my life who hasn't endured some form of hardship that they had to be really be confronted with themselves and be confronted with uh, a hard truth uh, yeah. that they needed to swallow and, and digest. And, 
that's hard if you don't have the right support around you. And it's really hard as a man when you're constantly fed this message of like, you got to do it alone. Right. Yeah. Because when you, oh my God, man. Yeah. When you believe that, when you're so indoctrinated and that, that message is so beaten into our brains and the culture, I mean, look at, just look at where we're at. Like Mm -hmm. men commit the most amount of suicide. Yeah. Men have the most amount of heart attacks. Yep. Men are more likely to commit violent crimes, Mm -hmm. more likely to be locked up, more, uh, thankfully we don't have a, a draft right now, but when wars yeah. happen, men oh, are man. drafted into war. Yeah. Right. It's Seriously. like, you know, you go, one of the most tragic things that happened, I think was the, in, in recent history, the Vietnam war, this like, oh, this, yeah. this total Jeez. useless thing, mm-hmm. uh, that the powers that be just grabbed a bunch of young men and just went, go over there and kill people. Yep. And, and it, it, it tortured ugly. them and it was horrific. Yeah. And they, coped with you know drugs and alcohol and, mm-hmm. and things like that and a lot of them committed suicide and yeah. and even with the the wars in iraq and afghanistan i think mm-hmm. i remember reading that 22 veterans a day commit suicide yeah. more more veter more people have more uh soldiers in in this war have died by their own hands mm. than have died in battle jesus and what's that say too what, what kind of a message does that bring to the world of like it's pointless yeah. Like if we are dying by our own hands more than people are dying from war, we're, the war is within ourselves right now. It is. And we need to stop waging it externally and projecting it onto everyone else. And I, th- I feel like this is like such a big part of men's work, right? Is being able to step back from those projections and realize where is this shit showing up in me that I don't want to acknowledge it? Right. That I don't want to see this other person manifesting something about myself that I'm not really comfortable with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a different avenues I can go at, but for the trajectory of the course, it's uh, I I think I just think like it's important to express it. Like for me, I'm I'm a man who we were just talking about this outside. Like a, a horrible, nasty thought will pop into my head, and I'm like, I'm the fucking scum of the earth for thinking that, right? But then when you like share it with somebody, another man, he's like, Oh, dude, I had that thought two minutes ago. It's like, yeah. We're only human. I was just thinking yeah. about like get it taking like a newborn baby out to a field <laughs> yeah. and just kicking them as far as I, c- I can. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. See, and it, you know, my therapist put it perfectly. Like, you're not an asshole for having that thought, but if you went out and did that, yeah, holy shit, right. <laughs> you'd be or, tarred and feathered, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. I, so I feel like that's another thing as men that we don't often do enough is we don't give ourselves enough self-love and self-compassion. We can be very self-destructive in our, mm. in our behaviors, uh, in the way we treat ourselves because of all the pressure that we have to be the ones who have it all figured out and to be the stewards of this, this realm. Right. But who like that responsibility was put on us. We took it on. Some of us are taking it too far in a direction that it shouldn't be going. Um, and I feel like that's why we're getting a lot of backlash, uh, from women at the same time too, is because this responsibility was put on us and like bought and sold to us of like, you are the stewards of this world. You will decide where we go. Like what put men in that special little box to your point of this binaural singularity? Like, why does it have to just be men? Like, why can't it be our sisters? Why can't it be everybody involved in the game of life. I think a big realization I had recently is like our objective shouldn't be to just capitalize on all these gains. Our objective should be to keep this flame of life alive because life is a gift. That's how I see it. And we've been put on this beautiful lush earth like Colorado where we can just roam around and play in the mountains, play Lord of the Rings in the mountains and like really feel like you're there. Um, But if we don't, um, 
if we don't stop the war that we have in ourselves, I think we're just going to keep this conquer mindset of like absorb all the resources that we have in the world that cause they're, they were put on this earth for a man. Mm-hmm. And like, we need to, we need to step back from that and we need to take, we need a, a full cosmic perspective. I, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about that, that often as astronauts go into space and see earth from space, the observer they're, effect. Yeah. The observer effect that they calls it this cosmic perspective of then you can see at that point, like shit, we're really all in this together. Yeah. But when, when you go down to that micro into the dredges where we're all just sitting in our shit and we don't have the opportunity to kind of jump that far out into space and see it from a, a far lens, it's hard to conceptualize that. Mm-hmm. If you're just stewing in your shit all day long like that. Yeah. Like who wouldn't be pissed and miserable? I would be. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You said so many good things there. And it's like, I think we, we've done it to ourselves. Oh, 100%. You know, men, men have done it to ourselves. We, we've got it, it, you know, because there's this particular way about the, our ego to like, want to be this like dominant force. Yeah. You know, there is, there is this quality in men. I think that is it it's it's the shadow side mm-hmm. i think that reveals itself that that comes out you know the shadow king is like the tyrant mm-hmm. you know it's it's the um the shadow warrior is the coward yeah you know and um so it's it's like this shadow side that comes out that just thinks that like okay like the flame like the fire well this thing can just do lots of things. It can burn things. It can mm-hmm. tear things down. It could cook me my food. It can keep me warm. I'm just going to use this, right? If you, all, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we've, man, we've been point. doing that, I think for such a long time and, and not realizing. And I, and I do believe that psychedelics and altered state experiences, especially ones done with intention and ceremony mm-hmm. help us surrender. Yes. Because I think so many men have, have trouble surrendering. Oh. Just like, just, okay, I, I don't need, to, I'm not going to, I don't have all the answers. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I need help. You know, how hard is that for a lot of us to admit? I need help. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to solve this equation. Yeah. I don't know how to, you know, it's like just admitting that because when we don't admit that, then we just take it on and we, and we operate from a place of scarcity, from fear, mm-hmm. um, from control, yeah. You know, I'm going to get mine before you do. I got to, got to hoard, got to keep, survive, got to keep going, got to dominate, got to win. Right. I mean, just like a Trump, right. He was the embodiment of that, the embodiment of the, of the shadow. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, nail on the head. I love that, that analogy when your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's like, they, that's the pattern right now. Like we've got a hammer and we're just nailing a bunch of shit. Like, like the toddler with his little hammer and peg tool, just going to town. Right. And yeah, it's, we're, we're reaching a point of, of realization though. And I think, um, I, I know it bodes well for men, um, as we step into this more whole human part of ourselves, um, instead of trying to, yeah, be the ones who have to do it all. Cause that's, that's a lie we've been sold and eaten up. And I think, there's a part of it that feels good, right? Of like, oh, like I've got this responsibility. Like these people believe in me. Um, but you have to be really careful with that too at the same time. And I don't know, my, I've just had a, the last couple of years in a leadership role in a, in a working environment. And I, I've found um, 
and Brene Brown actually said this, and I've been utilizing it in the environments where I show up as a leader, power is only real when shared. And it, that's when it's really limitless is when you share that power. And I found in the people that I was working with, when I shared what I had and gave them autonomy and creative freedom to like run wild and create what they want, believed that they could create for this after school program we were doing with the kids, it was beautiful mm. and it was awesome. And people worked well because I just was trusting them to do their job. And mm-hmm. I, I, but I still feel like we live, we're, we're, we're as a species, we've evolved to this point of knowing like we can have creative freedom. We can handle the creative freedom, but we've been being told, been told for so long that, Ooh, you can't have that freedom. That's dangerous. And, but when we do give that people the freedom, like look at all the beautiful things that come from it. Yeah. And I think as men, we have such a tight grip and like to your point of surrender, that's been like some of my biggest work since I stepped foot into this is just like surrendering and letting go. I, when I just like cling to something so tightly and need to have control over it, which is kind of how I showed up as leader for a little bit. Um, when I just like surrendered and let go of that control and let people show me what they wanted to do. I was like, Oh, I don't, this doesn't have to be in the picture perfect image that Max has in his head. It can also be, a co-vision that we create together. And when you create something together, it just creates something even more beautiful, I think, than than being the sole responsible person for all of the visioning and all of the creativity. Um, Then you can kind of lean on each other as a tribe, as brothers, as men, um, to create the something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think that's so important and very much needed. And I I see that kind of like waking up. I forgot who said this. Someone said this recently. They said... uh, we're not, it's not like we're trying to go around and, and waking up all the sheep. We're oh. trying to wake up all the sleeping lions. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I forgot who said that, but I, I liked it a lot because I, I do believe that there's a lot of men out there that are just sleeping lions, mm-hmm. you know, that are just like, they have so much power and creativity and potential and they're not, you know, tapping into it because they're giving into that sort of like the dark side of the force, yeah. the immediate gratification, the pleasure, mm-hmm. the hedonistic stuff, and the constant need to sort of like stay on that treadmill and provide and earn, you know, win the game of life by accumulating yeah. the most amount of things or money, yes. status, yes. power, you know, that kind of thing. But really, you know, we see this like so it's even reflected in our culture. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of the movies that are like, you know, Rambo goes out there and shoots all the bad guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, but even now we're starting to see it's more like it's the Avengers. They're all like coming together. Mm-hmm. It's like all like each one has a unique talent and skill, and they're right. all coming together to to achieve like a greater goal. And I think that I just think that's so important because I, I guess it's always been, you know, a part of our culture that it's like it's okay for women to have like groups Mm -hmm. and women's groups and and friends and those kinds of things and then you you hear like oh guys night out or something and Mm -hmm. it's like oh guys get to go to the bar and be you know vulgar to women that aren't their partners (laughs) right you know whatever and 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 go to go to strip but that's like all like this kind of unhealthy Mm -hmm. you know it can be done in a healthier way right and and I think we're seeing more of that, uh, and that's really, really good to see, because there is that element of, you know, the. I think the reason why men like to go out and drink a lot and, and you know, say, you know, crude things mm-hmm. and tell dirty jokes is because there is a part of us that wants to be dangerous, that wants oh, yeah. to be, you know, like... Oh, if some shit went down, like I can take care of it, you mm-hmm. know, there's a part of us that wants to dance on the edge, take risks and, and that kind of stuff, Um and I think that we can create avenues or participate in avenues that are that are that allow for that expression to come out in a healthier way. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. And how many times were you out on one of those drunken benders with your friends and it ended in a warm heart to heart? Everyone's yeah. drunk, yeah. just like gooing over each other, yeah. right? Right. Because we use that alcohol as a way to lubricate ourselves <laughs> to get comfortable to a point where we can <laughs> lean on each other, right? Yeah. So it's this weird dynamic of like, yeah, let's go get drunk because ultimately what we want is we want that brotherhood. We want that camaraderie. That's so funny. That's so true. Yeah. And yeah. then you get to the point where you're just like melting over your buddy's shoulder and fucking crying and gooing over each other about how much you love each other. <laughs> well, I love you, Max. I love you too, Mike. Yeah. And we're not inebriated to say that. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. No. It's so funny. It's like, all right. Yeah. I, I want to tell you how I truly feel, but I need 30 drinks to make that possible. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I won't be Let able to stand. I'll be drooling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Um, and I think that's like what, why we've sought out so many of these different, um, ways of connection has been that until, um, lowering the defenses with outside substances because it feels good when you can be with your boy and connect and and there there is a, a, a sense of i mean think about it the vikings in the great beer halls drinking beer like that's fucking sweet like i would love to do that with you one day sure and yeah. i'm sure we will one day yeah that'd be nice um but it's uh i think it's come a long way from that you know i think when when the vikings were doing that they were singing song they were also being really crude as Vikings can, but yeah, um, where there's a place just, for that. Though. Yes, exactly. there's a time and a place, yeah. and I think that that's the important part. Is like going, you know, making the gym that non-negotiable, you know, and and like this is the place where I go and I get to be a savage. I get to put on my my headphones and play you know, the Thor Ragnarok music and hit the boxing bag and, yes. you know, put some free weight, you know, deadlift some stuff and throw some Hell weights yeah. and scream. And it's like, I get to do that. I get to, yes. you know, the, the environment that I live in is not requiring me to go out and hunt for my own food. Right. I, I guess I can make that happen if I wanted to, but for most people, that's not the case. So I can go to the gym and I can pretend that I'm a warrior from uh, Middle Earth and yeah. lift weights <laughs> and hit the box boxing bag and get that energy, move that yes. energy through. And then I, and then we can, you know, get together and tell crude jokes and make each other laugh and like, yeah. you know, and, and well, have think, a couple of drinks or smoke a joint or yes. whatever it is. But with that intention of like, we're being real, we're being true, we're being honest, we're right. being open, we're being vulnerable. Yep. And that's, this is a container that's like set for that space and, and mm -hmm. it's welcome. It's, it's totally I, welcome here. Yeah. And I feel like in our group, we've done a really good job of finding that balance of like making the crude jokes, lighting up a joint, enjoying a nice beer from time to time. Uh, but also just keeping it super real at the same time. Yeah. I think that's been my motto since 2018 is just keep it really real. Keep it real. Keep it really real. And I did it, I did it with all the kids that I worked with too. I, I, I just don't believe in sugarcoating anything. Right. People can see right through that. Um, and I think it, it's just better when you do keep it real for yourself, for everyone else around you, and especially for kids, because kids can smell that shit coming mm -hmm. a mile away. A mile away. They, yeah. They're perceptive little shits. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I love them to pieces. Um, there's something you said. Um, oh, to your point of exercise, I think that has also been a very important part of my journey personally. That's where I feel my work ultimately started in college was when I would just go to the gym and abuse my body in the best way possible six out of seven days of the week and do a heavy lift. My, I mean, you're in college, your freaking hormones are just flaring. And it yeah. was my best way to like sort anger management. If right. I wasn't in a good mood, I would go fucking lift weights for an hour and a half, two hours and come back and be on top of the world. Um, and I, 
that was my therapy. And that isn't it. Well, it's a good therapy um, and very healthy at the same time. It shouldn't be your only source of therapy at the same time. Yeah. Um, So more to that, that essence of balance of like, as men, we, we definitely still have that, that powerful masculine energy that just needs to move shit. And you got to move shit. If you don't move shit and you stay stagnant and you stay stale, that's when you're, I notice it in myself. That's when I feel, ugh, I just don't feel good about myself. I just right. don't feel good in general. But then when I like go out and rock climb for two hours, I'm on top of the world. Cause yeah. I was just like moving my body, doing some real strenuous activity. And I find it helps. It, it's, it is a good release for anger too. When, when you don't always have the right outlet at the right time. Um, I think it's good to, to use exercise in that way, but then to also come back to that anger, uh, either in a group setting or individually, uh, and, and work with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just so important. You know, like I look at like my father, like he, he doesn't really have any friends really. Yeah. You know, and I think like with what we've done with this group, people are able to come together and, and look forward to getting together and doing something. Yeah. Cause I think as you get older, a lot, a lot of men, I mean, I think that's what leads to a lot of the suicide and just depression and yeah. and things like that is that you're, there's a lot of loneliness yeah. and we see it even too, with like a lot of the younger men who, who the, uh, the term is incel. Oh yeah. Uh, right. Involuntarily celibate. celibate. And, and there's this whole like, you know, uh, I guess image about who those people are and what yeah. they're like. And, you know, it's like, look like, everything that we're talking about here, it's like, we want to be connected. Yeah. And you know, like when we went on that rafting trip, oh like God. we were, we were tasked with the objective of like floating down the Colorado river mm-hmm. by ourselves, no, no guide, no <laughs> captains, very little experience left to our own devices, left to our own devices. And we had to come together to make it happen. And we did. And we fucking did. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a really important thing. Yeah. That's thing the too. questing we're missing. Right. Like we were talking about on our hike the other day. It's like, there's just this desire as men to go on a quest together um, and face a challenge as, a, as, as brothers. Um, and when we took that rafting trip that you're right, that's exactly what it was for myself too. It's like, all right, here we are as brothers facing down this challenge together. And it felt good to do it next to my brothers. It was like, it felt like its own kind of rite of passage in this way. And I think the group, you see it in the group today, like we're so much closer because of that quest that we went on. Yeah. And I think it's important to find good quests to have. Good quest to you have. You gotta have a good quest. Yeah. It's, it's essential to like a spicy and good life. It is. And there's something about being outside, being in yep. nature, being with the elements, mm-hmm. surrendering to that, balancing it, knowing how to facilitate yourself and yeah. others within that. And then sitting around a fire yes. at night and just, you know, sharing and opening up and staring into the flames. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about this before about the flame and it's like, it can burn, it can do so many things, but it can also yeah. scorch and burn and destroy. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's hot, this hot, you know, thing. And then it turns to smoke and it disappears. And it's just this uh, very powerful thing to be mm-hmm. staring into a fire, sitting around a fire with a, with a group of men. We just did an, uh, uh, an arduous uh, activity. We came together, we yeah. made it happen. And now we can, you know, talk about like what's going on with us and, mm-hmm. and really feel like, just that we can be totally real. I think that's the most important thing. It's it's just so simple. Mm-hmm. It's like to be able to just open up and be real and be with yeah. other people and be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling like the career that I'm in just not working for me and I just don't know what to do. And, you know, hearing someone else say, 
yeah, I don't know either. I'm, I'm yeah. in the same boat. Like I'm just, you know, I'm there too. And it's like, yeah. oh, cool. You're there. Yeah. I'm here. Well, I'm not alone. Right. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this experience. Like other people are also here with me. Um, and you can lean on those people when you need to. Yeah. And that's also really just awesome to have as well. Um, there's something else I wanted to bring up in regards to uh, the fire and the rafting trip and getting outside into nature. Uh, um, no, it'll come back to me. We can jump on to the, to the next thing. Um, and I think, yeah, we're, we're, as we're talking more about fire, like sitting in a circle is meant too. I think has been one of the most, um, healing things for me. I mean, it was such a, such a common thing our ancestors did way back in the day was sit as a council of elders as old men or young men or even old men and young men to sit in a circle together and to speak. And I feel like that's why we just have a bunch of grown ass men stumbling around the world because we don't have that, that council, that, that ritualness anymore. Yeah. We're not leaning on our other men like we used to, to hear about their experiences with certain challenges that they may have faced that could have a pearl within it that might help another man go off and, and work through this challenge. Right. And Be- es- especially because so many men, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Cut you go off. ahead. I was just going to say, especially because so many men want to prove something. Yes. Show that they know something. Yes. Ooh, I got a clever little, little nugget here. Ooh, you know what Carl Jung said once <laughs> he said this and you know, it's like, let me show you how I can help. Let me show you yeah. how I can solve. Let me show you how I can be clever. Let me show you how I can do it. Right. And you know, I remember as a little kid, I was playing video games with my friend and he, I didn't have video games. We didn't have cable. We didn't have video. So I would go to his house and play and he would be like, you're not doing it right. Give me the controller. I'll show you how to do it. You got to do it like this. And he I'll would like, <laughs> and yeah. And he, and he would like do it for me. And I'm like, dude, just let me play the game yeah. and like help facilitate, I guess. Yeah. But like, there's this innate sort of push from a lot of men to be like, you idiot. You're not doing it right. I'll show you how to do it. That's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's stupid. I'll show you. Or even when people are talking, like I think I had, um, yeah, like something that that has happened for me is like real, really listening to other people. Yeah. You know, because catching myself when I'm not Mm -hmm. catching myself when I'm going, Oh, they're talking, but I'm actually checked out and I'm thinking about, Ooh, something juicy that I yeah. just thought of something nice, something yeah. clever, something smart, something, <laughs> something that the other person's going to go, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's that sort of male ego right. to want to like impose, mm-hmm. impress, showcase, be the hero. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like prior to honestly connection council, um, I definitely listened from a place of wanting to respond. Um, and also there was a, there's definitely, I was always active listening, I would say, but I always loved the response part too. And if somebody was talking and I thought of a response in the middle of what they were telling me, I would often like hold on to that, what I, my response in my head and then miss the last half of what they were saying because I had this like perfectly crafted response in my brain that I needed to share. Yeah. Um, and now this, this shifting to this lens of listening from a place of curiosity, I've noticed has allowed me to. Um, ask more intentional and thoughtful questions and learn more about where this man or woman is coming from uh, rather than trying to like have that ego and solve and just like be the one who can fix this problem. Cause I think that's another archetype we can play as a man as well as the fixer. We want to fix it all. And we got all the answers. Yep. Um, and it's okay. And I'm learning. It's okay to not have all the answers. And it's actually a lot of fucking work to try and have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And when you can let go of that archetype, it's like, Oh, it's okay to also show up and be like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it, it feels so good to, to be in that place. Yeah. And it feels so good to be with a healthy uh, female who's mm. able to, you know, the, the, the expression behind every great man, there's a gr- even greater woman yeah. or a great woman behind yeah. a great man. So true. So I feel true. like that's so yeah. true. And, you know, I think that, I think more men can have access to that. What I've seen is, and what I grew up with was a very unhealthy view mm. of women. Yes. You know, and it was very it's a big much. Big East Coast thing. Yeah, Big East Coast thing. But it was very much like, you know, um, that you couldn't, like, you couldn't really truly show yourself. Yeah. You know, and I feel that there's this attitude of like, well, for men out there that, that want to find a, an amazing partner or, you know, that are searching, there's like this sort of attitude of like, well, I need to like, I need to impress. I need to like get, I need to acquire, I need yeah. to show off. I need to dazzle. I need to wow. And, you know, in my experience, it's really when you just fully, totally open up to like who you truly really are yeah. that it's like, it's counterintuitive. Cause you're like, Oh Wow. I didn't realize that, but now I'm attracting the right women, right. you know? And when I grew up, it was just like, what didn't, it didn't matter. It was just like, she's hot. Yep. Go smash that. <laughs> okay. 100%. I smash. And then I tell my friends, I smash that. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah you smash, smash, you smash, 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 you know? And it's that's like, such th- a good way to put it too. I mean, that's ultimately what it was. And it's like, Men were men are notoriously celebrated for that in the masculine culture, and then females are like bashed for that in their culture. And it's like, why the fucking split? Like, right. It's weird. And I and I never felt good about it either. Like I never felt like that was what I wanted. Really, yeah. you know, it was just like felt so empty. And you know, there's so much of the promises of what this Western culture offers to men are all these like tricks. Yeah. It's all these like, oh, this is what you really want. Well, we have this. It's a, instead of the getting the coconut, you just, you get the can, you know, we'll get just the can. There's nothing inside, but like you get it. It's like, wow, look at this. I'm going to put it on my trophy (laughs) case. And you know, it's like these, uh, fake plastic trees, these consolation prizes, these, these things, these substitutes for the real thing. Mm -hmm. And they say like, well, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. So be grateful. Mm -hmm. You're going to get this. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, there's like, there's so many more dimensions and growing up, I was only exposed to like one dimension of masculinity. It's like, you're tough, yeah, That's it. Yep. you're tough, you're muscular, you're strong, you dominate, you take what you want, you treat everybody like objects and you just <laughs> acquire yeah. and that's it. You yeah. Know? And, and, and you just go that way. And the, and the reason why I brought up, um, having a good female in your life, good partner, good woman is because that's, you know, ultimately it's like the men's work and everything is like, so we can show up better in those relationships. So we can show up better when we have families and we have children Mm -hmm. in all of our relationships. So we can relate better to the feminine aspects of ourself. Mm -hmm. And then to the ones that we're seeing in front of us, the people that are joining us for our journeys. A hundred percent. It's so true. And I think, for a while too, there was this, um, I don't know if culture is the right way to put it, but this, yeah, this aspect, uh, when a man got into his re- in a relationship with a woman, she was often like the savior, right? She was the one who pulled him out of that rut and like inspired him to go and do his thing. Um, but now I think our women are speaking out of like, we don't want that responsibility and that's not our responsibility and it's not their responsibility. So I've noticed for myself in pursuing my own work, I've just had 
a much more fulfilling relationship with my partner because of that. And, mm-hmm. and instead of, um, when my, when, when I feel challenged by my partner, um, I'm not greeted with, sometimes I'm still greeted with a little bit of anger and frustration around it because shit, she's right. She found this part of me that I don't really want to know about myself right now that I'm still trying to work through. Um, but at the same time, it's inspiring and it's cool to be, and not, it's not cool. It's amazing to be in a relationship with somebody who is doing their work and committed to their work. That's also just an inspiration in your life to like keep going down that same path. Um, and, and to have that same motivation for yourself to want to do your work because yeah, I do see the fruits of my labor. I do see how relationship is just so much more easier where for men, it was almost seemed burdensome to have a wife, right? Like mm-hmm. ah, the old ball and chains <laughs> back at home. It's like, no, <laughs> like, where's the meat? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and building, I think your family, much like you would have tried and yeah. just like that open, honest communication and making space for difficult conversation, making space for difficult emotion, um, instead of having to have, instead of trying to have this, uh, picture perfect story relationship where there isn't any of that contention, where there isn't any of that, uh, strife because that's not realistic either. I right. think, you know, that's another aspect of the American dream that we were bought and fed is like, your relationship is always perfect and happy. You don't have fights. You don't engage in conflict with your spouse. And it's like, no, right. <laughs> that's right. a, that's a necessary part of relationship. Like you need to have conflict to have, to, it's like pressure builds diamonds, right? right? Like when you're clearer about each other's intentions and each other's triggers and each other's ways, I think it just makes for a better flow of a relationship. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's, you know, the, um, it's like escaping that sort of binary paradigm yeah. that that lack of nuance that black and white it is what it is you know he you know this robert bly talks about it actually mm. in his book iron john where yeah. he talks about the uh how we've indigenous um communities and tribes of the past and i forget which ones if he specifically identified I, i'm pretty sure he did but it's escaping me but he talked about how it wasn't just uh, Father Sky and Mother Earth. Right. That it was Father Sky, Mother Earth, Mother Sky, and Father Earth. Yep. Yes. And I think when you're in, a, when when you have two people that are doing their work to mm-hmm. explore the masculine and feminine within them, mm-hmm. both uh, on if you're in a part, you know, in your partnership, that you ha- then all of a sudden that f- quad dynamic mm-hmm. starts forming. Yeah. It's not, you know. And Bly talks about it in a way where he says, you know, we've cut off completely everything and we've uh, been living in this world of just father sky. Yes. You know, yep. and but when you have the the acknowledgement of all of those together, the two within your partner and the two within you come together and then all of a sudden it's four and then you're like, oh, shit, now there's four within me and four within her. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like a complete holistic healing process that happens and really allows us to be the best versions of who we can be knowing that like we're a part of a component. Yeah. We're a part of like a gear. Yep. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because that exact excerpt was, uh, well, Matthew Fox pulled it and put it in hidden spirituality and it talks about that and about how it's like, then when you're, when you're engaged in your work and you're working on your feminine, you're working on your masculine, you'll find within your relationship, the dynamic of gender roles just kind of fills out. There's no gender role. Then sometimes your girlfriend is taking on the more masculine archetype and sometimes you're taking on the more feminine and that, and being okay in that space where I think so much of men and what we've learned over the last 100 200 years has been 
you are only the masculine archetype. Your gender in the relationship is the masculine male. You make all the decisions. You do this. But it's like when you can open that door up to other possibilities and not having that fucking grip on everything, (laughs) then you just you open to this beautiful flow in your relationship and you guys can co-create such a a beautiful world together. Yeah. That tight grip is the reason why we have so many dis-ease. Yeah. You know, just the name dis ease. We're not at, we're not at ease Mm -mm. and we should, we deserve to be at ease. Yeah. This isn't the way it is. No, we can create new ways. Mm -hmm. So what, what are some things that are coming to the top of your mind right now that you're feeling like you're seeing and that you're excited about and maybe work that you're doing and, and uh, you know, I guess, you know, we talked a little bit about some, you know, the problems and the past and sort of the present. And I guess maybe this is more present future, like, do you feel there's been some key things that you've learned that you are acting on and that you're proud, you know, celebrate some of your, your wins? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for that opportunity to do this. I don't do this enough. Um, so I recently quit my job. Um, I was a director at a nonprofit for a good while, and that was a beautiful experience because it showed me what I can actually create on my own. Um, and because of the experience I had at this nonprofit, um, I feel confident to go uh, go confidently in the direction of my dreams. Um, and I'm working to develop my own outdoor educational learning pod uh, where I am committed to finding a better way to educate our children. Um, I don't have a formal idea of what exactly that entails yet. I'm sitting down with some uh, pretty top of the line folk who are in the industry right now to have conversations about this. And I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm also, like I was mentioning earlier, I've, I've kind of very seamlessly matriculated into this leadership role among men's groups. And I'm really excited for some of the things that are some of the collaborations that are happening within that. Um, with Wholehearted Masculine and Dan Male, I'm actually, we're working to create a young men's group for our teens um, with an organization out in Washington. Um, and uh, we're also at the start of the new year developing a medicine walk uh it's going to be like a, a virtual hybrid idea, but essentially uh, each man on New Year's Eve will go out into nature for four to five hours um, somewhere pretty remote away from civilization so that you can just be with yourself um, and guide themselves on a nature walk, on a medicine walk. Um, and then on New Year's Day, we're going to have a call about that uh, so people can share their experience. Um, and then we're opening it up after that experience as well for some integration calls. So I'll be helping with the integration uh, of that process as well. Um yeah, just there's a lot that I'm surrendering to and flow right now as well before I do fully step into these projects and uh, this this line of work that I'm pursuing. I'm taking some time to rest. I'm taking some time to be still, uh, which has always been a challenge for me. But I'm actually finding myself uh, celebrating a win as I'm really settling into this stillness actually better than I thought. I have moments where I feel I need to take action and I'm able to notice in the moment like, oh, this is coming from a place of fear. This isn't coming from a place of right action or love or authenticity. Um, but as a reaction to shit, like money's running low. Oh shit, this is happening. That's happening. I need to get off my ass and take action and be the provider that I've been told I needed to be for so fucking long. Um, so it's been so nice to give myself this gift to just be still. Uh, and I'm, I'm finding that there's a lot of important work happening individually. Um, that's really just allowing me to come step into this next part of my journey uh, with a fresher mind and a more whole heart. And that feels really important before I do set out to do these, these projects um, because these, do, these next projects that I'm embarking on are so authentic and so true to who I am and, and to the, what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. So I want to make sure 
uh, that I really honor myself leading up to this this next important chapter um, that I give myself the time I need to uh, be still, to be to rest, um, and to be aware of what comes up during this time of rest. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats, man. Thanks, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just know you're going to be doing, I mean, you're doing amazing work. Thanks, man. You know, and I, it's like, you're already doing amazing work. So it's like, can't wait to see what comes next because it's no doubt going to be amazing as well. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. I'm excited so, so, to be so on this confident. journey with you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm feeling more called to that too, because it, it came, it was like so obvious to me. It's like, ah, I, need, I should probably step into this more. It's just, uh, again, that, that, you know, Robert Bly book, Iron John, that I love so much that I lend to you and, and, yeah. and, uh, where he says, uh, a man, where a man's wound is, his genius lies. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that is that healthy King energy as well as like mm-hmm. giving back yeah. to serve. How can I serve, you know, being, being a King, the, the shadow side is the tyrant that takes and comes from that place of fear. Yeah. And, and we've, I think from the dawn of civilization, men have been, uh, coming from a place of fear. And, you know, Jenna and I watched a, a movie recently where it was called, um, uh, the kingdom of heaven. Oh, with, uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Yeah. And it was just uh, funny because I was, you know, wh- while I was watching the movie, I noticed that, you know, in all these movies, all these wars, all these things, it's always like, well, they're going to attack us. So we got to scorch them first. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything. Burn or get from, burned. Yeah, yeah. Everything comes from this place of fear. Yeah. Everything comes much. from this place of scarcity and fear. Mm-hmm. And we got to move and we got to strike first before the others do. <sighs> and there's, I'm seeing now more as I'm a part of men's groups and I'm a part of things that collaboration Mm -hmm. and creativity and sharing in a healthy competitive way is really helpful. Exactly. And I like that, that healthy competitive, because I feel like that's so much of what I get out of our men's groups is more of that, uh, that drive and that fuel to keep continuing down this path because I'm surrounding myself with other men who are doing the same thing. Um, and it just keeps your wheels going. It keeps you moving. And I think that, yeah, to your point, that's such an exciting thing is to see us branch away from that, um, unhealthy competitive nature. Uh, and I'm seeing so many more men to your point, step into this healthy competitiveness of like, rather than me beat your ass, why don't we do this together? Uh, and I'll meet you at the finish line kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what about Michaelic? You've got some exciting new wins going on. What are you uh what are you most excited for right now and and how are you feeling with your uh wins that you've had? Yeah, well, I, I'm really enjoying this conversation, so I feel like doing more podcasts like this, yeah. having uh, a studio space and doing like a video show that's more fun, hang out. Oh yeah. Um really going to be looking forward to to creating that. And then also just just seeing what I can do to step more in to a leadership role, which I feel like has been kind of calling me for a little while. And I've been a little reluctant to or resistant to, and I think I've been reluctant and resistant to because I hadn't fully reckoned with and healed the, the, the fear mentality within me Mm. coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of scarcity. And I had this thing of like, well, if I'm going to be a leader, then like I'm going to get drunk with power and I'm mm. going to be this egomaniacal guru kind of guy. And I, I just was like, I'm not ready for that. So there was like a suppression. Yeah. But I think really what I was doing was just saying like, oh, I know that I'm not fully healed yet in mm-hmm. this way and I really need to open up and I feel that I have. Yeah. And I, so I feel like I can, I can lead more from a healthier place. Like you mm. were saying with your men's walks, like 
I feel that I'm, I'm in a really healthy place right now so I can really offer, um, some, some gifts yeah. to, to, to people that, that need them. And, you know, I've been through stuff and, you know, I've had a lot of experiences and read a lot of things and worked on a lot of things. And I feel like now it's just a real action oriented time yeah. to start putting things into, into place and really looking forward to, um, you know, coaching, yeah. I think, you know, is, is really what I want to step into more is like leading and coaching and groups. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then that also inspires me to continue doing my work so I can show up so I can serve. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, this past weekend we had a retreat, we went away and, um, my, my partner and I, Jenna, and, and, and I was in a total serving role the whole time mm. and it felt really, really good to serve. Hell yeah. Uh, and so I, I want to step more into the, the role of serving. And mm-hmm. I think that that really, that's what fills me up. Hell yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more, man. And I want to be the kind of man that I would have wanted in my life Oof. when I was going through times where I was looking for someone to come along and show me a way, show me something. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote I was confronted with right before I started uh, working with the youth and it was be who you needed when you were younger. Mm. And it's like, Oh damn. Yeah. And that's in that process of like being who I needed when I was younger. It was also really healing for myself as well. I was like, Oh, by validating these children's emotional experiencing, I'm validating my own. And that's, that's key. That's important. I think there's a, there's so much healing that happens from the position of uh, being a part of a group that is well facilitated, mm. but also l- on the other side of that, you know, people oftentimes think that because you're the teacher, because you're the leader, the facilitator, that you know everything or whatever. And it's like, there's so much learning that happens as I'm sure that you're, you have stories of, of, of plenty yeah. probably from teaching kids yep. you, you probably learned a shit ton from oh, that so right? much dude yeah. it's a, and i think you know i was in a mentorship role um and before i jump too deeply into that i just want to shout out the men because uh prior to leaving the organization i was a part of i was building out a mentorship program and 80 percent of our mentors were men so it's there's a big shift when i first started with mentoring there was a real lack of men stepping into this field and it was largely female mentors. Um, so we, we are experiencing this shift as men of us wanting to be who we needed when we were younger. Uh, and to your point, you learn so much when you step into that mentorship realm because it's, it's give and take. It's not just you providing all the answers and, and showing every step of the way. No, there's, there's a, a, a force involved there and you gotta, you gotta tap into it and really show up wholly with, your mentee that you're working with. Um, and I, it just, I learned so much from my mentees at the same time. They showed me so many parts of myself, um, that I needed to honor, that I needed to acknowledge. Um, and it's, it's just really a breath of fresh air and something I am really excited to see is more men stepping into this mentorship role. Cause I, that was another layer for me that really launched me into doing this work more full time. Um, was that mentorship? I, even as a teacher, I was like, I, I feel more like a mentor than I do a teacher. And that's the role that I want to occupy. And I want to be in that space. I feel like that's when I'm at my creative genius is when I can, um, learn from this other individual while also share what I've learned at the same time, which is like, that's so much of being human is Mm -hmm. that connection and that relating and, and sharing and learning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think are some things that you're needing moving mm. forward, like that you're maybe excited about participating in building, creating, but what are some things that you're feeling that, that you really want to see, you want to be a part of that you're craving that you need? 
Yeah, I'm I'm seeing right now I feel like we're really seeing um the 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 crest coming of the wave of the men's movement and I'm really fucking excited to be in that wave. Um this feels like a long time coming um and like something we've just been ignoring uh, an innate part of ourselves we've been ignoring for so long. Um, and it feels like we're remembering, we're getting back into mm. that space of remembering what it means to be a man. Mm. And it's not this, uh, bullshit that's been fed to us for so long. Um, it's just so exciting to see other men, uh, stepping back into that and remembering that and practicing that. Um, and it's not easy work to, to break this, this old programming. So, um, yeah, just mad props to all the men out there who are, uh, make, taking steps to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, also really excited to start my own men's groups, um, do some collaboration work with Mike Adelic too. That's yeah. going to be really exciting to see what we put our heads together and can create. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm in, in this state of rest that I'm in. I'm really surrendering to the flow of the universe and I'm really just kind of co-creating with it right now. And I'm not forcing anything, which so much of my masculine energy was directed at forcing some form of creation. Yeah. Where, make some shit happen. Yeah. Just making shit happen, which is important. You got to know when to take that, that right. step towards action. But I feel like I'm in this place right now of just, um, kind of like, kind of like, you know, the, the, the war room scene where the men are standing over the map. I feel like I'm standing over my map right now and I'm just seeing where the movements are exploding and, uh, asking to join and asking to be a part of and how can I help? And that's really exciting to kind of step back and be in that place and just kind of look around and look, see what's around me. What, what doors of opportunity are opening up? Um, and I'm also excited. I've been certified in the spiral method. I'm really excited to, to bring that to education because I see that as just a, a stepping stone and a tool that will help teachers and young students to uh, learn how to connect again in, a, in an authentic and a vulnerable way. Um, and in a way that's not meant to take care, but in a way that's like to validate the emotional experience of the other individual, um, which I feel like when you're in a teaching environment, it's very easy to step into that caretaker realm. So mm-hmm. to, to show how we can connect and be vulnerable and authentic, um, while also empowering these youth to know you have the tools you need to be able to handle yourself in this, in this difficult emotion and this difficult challenge, whatever you might be facing while also uh, sharpening some tools of theirs that they have on their tool belt at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited for that. And yeah, I feel like, you know, while this 2020 has just been such a a hellish year for so many of us, um, there's, there's promise in that. I don't know. I'm I'm a firm believer in chaos being a form of order. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, chaos comes before creation. So I'm really excited to see what more creation comes out of this, out of this traumatic event, because uh, I think yeah, any artist will tell you, and we've seen firsthand artists who come out of trauma tend to create some really incredible things. Yeah. So I am excited to see the art culture that kind of blossoms out of this as well. Um, and I think it's taking shape in so many different forms, not just men's work, but uh, look at all the reform that's happening with cannabis. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited to see, us come back to plant medicine and step away from more of like that pharmaceutical shit that we're just pumping our bodies with chemicals to stop them from doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, totally, man. I, I, I think I see that happening more and more again. It's this more and more people are just saying this isn't working. Yeah. And, and in psychedelics, I've seen so many people who you never would have thought would have been in involved in psychedelics. I remember my first time going to the ayahuasca center thinking it was just going to be a bunch of burning man people with dreadlocks <laughs> and hippies and stuff. Yeah. And it was just regular, like people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. grandmothers, grandfathers, 
fathers, mothers, people from all around the world, all walks of life, people that have never done any drug ever in their life, no psychedelics, nothing. And just, they came at a point of desperation going, I've tried everything and I just, I, I heard about this and I thought, I think it could help. And man, like majority of them get cracked open yeah. and things start to spill out and it gets out and you share it in a circle with people and you go through the experience and you know, it, 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 it changes you. It gives you a reminder of who yeah. you truly are, this infinite soul, this being that has the capacity for so much creative love and potential. Yeah. And, you know, to, to, to untwist all those stuck parts. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I, uh, I'm just such a big believer in that sort of modality mm -hmm. of like a challenging experience kind of like cleansing or purging you and then mm -hmm. working through that. And so, you know, what, I, what I'm looking to create is some kind of retreat type of situation where men can get out into nature, get together, um, you know, create some kind of like container to allow for some hero fantasy fight yeah, kind of yeah. energy to, <laughs> to take place. Yeah. And also for, you know, deep, you know, vulnerability and emotional connection, as well as camaraderie, team building, but just being out in nature, under the stars, around a fire, drums, chanting, you know, expression, just yeah. true, raw, real expression. And it sounds, it can be, and I'm also interested in how to create an appealing door that opens up into that. Yeah. You know, how to, how to yes. create a, an appealing avenue that says, Hey, this isn't like, you know, like men's work, like necessarily, right. this is like this is food work. for your soul as a yeah. man or, or something along that part of that a well-balanced diet of being a man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, so much of what you were just talking about that sitting in circle in the ayahuasca ceremony and, and going to these retreats, that's healing. Yeah. That's, that's the healing we're looking for. I think we're starting to become more aware of the quick fix doesn't do the job. Right. Because we're not actually unpacking our own shit. We're just looking at a Band-Aid to, to put over it for the time being so we don't have to look at it for now. Right. And I'm all, that's another thing I'm excited about. I'm, I'm starting to see a shift in that mental health mindset of like, you've got anxiety and depression, which sometimes those things need a little help with some medication. But as, but I think it also needs to be paired up with the work, with the therapy to unpack it, to understand why these things are arising inside of you. That is key. Like knowing thyself to really like dig deep into that shit and get into that shadow and look at it and change the conversation you have with it. Don't, don't, uh, I mean so much of what I did as a man with my shadow was like, try to beat it, try to get ahead right. of it. Like, conquer oh, it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I like heal through this, I won't have to deal with my shadow anymore. It's your fucking shadow. It's not going anywhere. It's, it's like Peter Pan. Well, I guess that's not the best example because he does get rid of his shadow at one point. Um, and we're coming out of this culture of the quick fix and we're settling back into that mindset of healing is a process and it's a lifelong process and it takes time. And, I don't know that we necessarily completely heal. I mean, wounds leave scars, but I think that's ultimately the goal is we can look at those scars and now we don't have that attachment to the pain with the scar anymore. You can look at it and be like, that was an event in my life that formed me to be the man that I am today. Mm. And I'm grateful for it and I've learned a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think, you know, grief is a funny thing and is circular and can come back. So looking at one of those scars and feeling the grief from it is okay too. Like mm -hmm. you also honor that in the moment too. Yeah. Yeah. On, I mean, yeah. So much of it is about honoring what is present in the moment Yes, and being truthful to yourself 
and mm. allowing that to emanate. You know, when your channels are clear, I, I got in a lot of fights when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but I was actually a good fighter. Right. And, and I think one of the reasons why I was a good fighter was because oftentimes I would see people getting into fights and there would be this like, would you say, would you say this back and forth of like ratcheting up mm -hmm. to a fight? And, and then I, it just turned into a thumb war. <laughs> they're like one, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Uh, but it was this, it was this push pull, fire on fire, fire on fire, you know. And I think one of the things that mm. I did well was being very calm. Mm. And I never really initiated the fights. I I was always more of in a defensive role, but I, yeah. I didn't back down, and I and I would just sort of have this would you calm. poke the bear a little bit too in that calmness like instigate a little sometimes but yeah but not necessarily i think i would sort of um just hold my ground yeah and just be like kind of calm and that like really threw people off and they didn't really know what to do mm -hmm. you know and i i don't know why i'm bringing this up right now but i guess i'm bringing it up because it was a a good example of sort of like holding energy and like staying in power. Mm. Um, not to say that I embody this totally or all the time, but it was definitely coming from that place of like, you know, you don't want to be the gardener at war. You want to be the yeah. warrior tending to the garden. Yeah. And I, and I have felt that I've been that majority consistently. And especially when I was in those, you know, a lot of like physical altercations when I was younger, I always came from this place of like, I'm going to, I'm just going to be ready. Mm -hmm. And if something ha like, like, like I'm not like this person's screaming and they're like yelling and they're pushing me and I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. You. It's like, <laughs> like if you're like the biggest, baddest fighter, you're not like, yo, I'll fucking kill everyone yeah. here. Like you're just yeah. kind of like that silent, strong, like kind of like curious, like what's mm -hmm. this guy all about? It's yeah. just poised, calm. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying that, I guess to kind of like relate that to all aspects of life is like, surrendering mm. and not having control but like trusting and having faith in like who you are yeah. and carrying that out and standing firm in your integrity without trying to accommodate or take on other people's stuff yeah. and just being yeah. like hey this is what it is you want to strike me go ahead and strike me i mean right. i'll probably kill you but <laughs> try swing hard motherfucker yeah, <laughs> yeah. let me ask you something um do you find it's easier for you to stand your ground in a physical altercation versus an emotional altercation? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I've, I get wrapped into emotional stuff a little bit more because yeah. it's, it's, cause it's, cause I didn't know how to, I I'm healing it now, but like I didn't know how to deal and process with those emotions. I think I learned pretty quickly early on that like, Oh, I, I could like, beat people up and I'm kind of strong. Mm -hmm. And so like, I can just use that as like, as, as a way to, um, you know, it's like, I, I knew that I could do that. I knew how to process that. I knew how to maneuver in that lane. Yeah. And when, with emotional stuff, I was just like, well, all I know is how to like fight now. And like, yeah. I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. like do anything right. else. Like I just, all I know is like the hammer yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, emotionally, definitely. It's difficult, man. And I feel like that's one thing men struggle with most. Like I feel like so many of us are ready to step up in that physical manifestation of conflict. But when it comes to your partner bringing up a sensitive subject that might, you know, pull a few strings on your own heart, it's like, 
you get real fucking tense. Yeah, it's like, like I could punch you in the face and kill you. <laughs> yeah. But like that would be bad. That would yeah. Probably, probably shouldn't can't do that. that. <laughs> yeah, I gotta learn a better way to like process. Yeah, and it's funny <laughs> because I feel like for me that was learned at a young age too. I remember my dad always said, "I'd rather be hit with a truck than have to deal with that emotional stuff." And I embodied that to an extent too. I remember hearing that. I remember fe- feeling that too, resonating with that, being like, "Yeah, that emotional stuff's hard, Dad." But I'm learning more and more that the warrior standing his ground in the emotional ring is also equally as important. And it's a, yeah, that's a tough boxing match for me too. It's hard to like trust that I'm okay in that space sometimes. Mm. It's, so that's also been a big part of my my journey and my learning is like, okay, I can be here, I can exist here, and I can be okay here. I guess is all right. That um, that emotional hurt also can translate to physical. I'll heal from it too. Right, and that's why we need each other. Yes. To to give permission to say, hey, it's okay to be here right now. Yep. You yeah. You can be here right now. Right. You know, you you put your sword and your shield down. Mm-hmm. You can pick it back up. Right. But for the time being, put it down. Put it down. Take a load off. Feel feel what it feels like to really feel what you're feeling. Yeah, that's that's been a big lesson for me. And you know, it's funny, I I find myself at the peak of like my anxiety and my internal battle before I have that come to Jesus moment of like, I'm just not letting myself feel this difficult emotion right now. And that's really what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the minute I give myself permission to go there, it's like, Oh, but it's hard for me to get there. It still is. I think, you know, that's a, that's another important piece of the work for myself. That's like, that's requiring a lot of reps and that's a lot of remembering and a lot of forgetting. Um, and I, yeah, I think I want to share that in an effort to express like as men, like it's not easy work. So if it's, if you start it and you feel like you're failing at every corner, you probably are. And that's a good thing. And give yourself permission, allow yourself to do that. Because I think a lot of us men like will beat ourselves up because we didn't nail it the first time. Right. Exactly. Damn it. I, fuck. I reacted <laughs> to what my partner said and I yelled at her and mm-hmm. I feel bad because now yep. she's upset. I, mm-hmm. I didn't handle that emotional energy properly. I failed. Right. I failed. I'm a, I'm failure. a failure. You're cast out <laughs> yeah. to the seas. You fall into that dark pit and you can't get out. <laughs> right. But it's like allowing yourself that permission to fail, mm-hmm. to be okay with not being perfect and to just doing what needs to be done to mend it and move forward through yes. it in a healthy way. Yeah. And I feel, you know, to circle back to education a little bit too, like that, that healthy level of failure, that healthy view of failure and viewing failure as, as your greatest teacher rather than this big fearful experience. How many of us have failed millions of times in our life and are still sitting here this very day? Yeah. It's like, so what, what, why are we still wrapped up in this feel of fear of failure? It's because that's what's like, that's what's, preached at the schools, maybe not directly, um, but in an indirect way now through these, this testing, through this in, in exorbitant amount of testing um, and not getting the right score and then having a, you know, either a meeting with a principal or an administrator or having parents come in to have this conversation of like, well, they're not at their goal and they need to be here, but, they, but they're here. That, that's pretty damaging. And like to this, to this, one of my favorite analogies is time zones. Everybody's in their own time zone and they'll get there when they're supposed to get there. I, that's how we need to be catering our education system more as acknowledging the time zone that this child is in and they'll get there when they're supposed to get there. But if we can walk alongside them in this journey and not hold their hand, but empower them for those moments when it does get really difficult and show them what they're actually capable of and let them get a glimpse at their true potential. Mm. I think that's when we'll start to see a bigger shift in our youth, in our culture, when we can accept failure as a part of life and as our greatest teachers. And instead of refusing to look back at those failures and acknowledging them, learning from them so we're not repeating these mistakes that we continue to repeat in our society day to day. 
Yeah, and that's how we fix the the problems that we face in the world. Because I think ultimately what everything is about is making things easier, yeah. decreasing the amount of suffering and trauma, yeah. and increasing the amount of connection and, and um, you know cooperation so that we can really enjoy the fullest of this experience that we're living mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's that's that to me is like that's the ultimate. Enjoying this present moment to the to the utmost because that's all we got in this gift of life is presence, being with it. Like you don't there's no today, there's no tomorrow. There's, well, there is a today. Sorry. There's no tomorrow or yesterday. There's just right now. Um and that's been my biggest uh, another big learning for me is just being present even when I have that difficult emotion come up, instead of trying to escape and, and get away from it, being present with it and being like, mm, yeah, I got some heaviness on my heart right now. Um, and that's okay. And I can, and I can exist in this difficult place. Um, and still like a Phoenix rise up out of the ashes and, uh, spread my wings and keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, and being with that, it's, it's really important to acknowledge that we're not trying to eliminate it. Mm-mm. We're trying to basically say, acknowledge the fact that like, Hey, things, certain things are going to come up. That's going to trigger us and we're going to feel a certain way. Probably that going to that reactionary phase of, of how we were conditioned to uh, deal with this, you know, go into those old coping mechanisms to learn how to deal with this, but okay. Understanding and acknowledging here it comes, here comes that energy. Here comes that feeling. Okay. Allow it give it space. Yes. If there's something that I need to do right now, just say, Hey, look, I just, I, I need some time. You know, mm-hmm. I just need a little time. I need a little space and then I'll be back. Yeah. Go yep. tend to your garden, plant it, nourish it. You know, I think that so many times, you know, we, we live in this world where people want to say, well, look at that. It's not, it's not growing fast enough. It's <laughs> not growing straight enough. It's all over the place. It's not it's, immediately gratifying. It's not immediately <laughs> producing the fruit. It's like, it's let it grow in its own way. Let yeah. it come in its own way. And, uh, yeah, I think that like, if we really want to dive fully into, uh, the depths of uncovering all the blockages, all the stuck points, all the wounds, all Mm -hmm. that stuff, we have to give ourselves time. We have to give ourselves space and we have to speak up and say when, you know, not to take it all on Mm -hmm. to say, I can't take all this on right now and I need help Yep. or I need some time before I'm ready to move on this. And that's okay. Yeah. And and I'm excited because I'm starting to see a societal shift where that is becoming okay. Um, but at the same time, I, I think there could be more accountability there. And I think we need to push um, the other side of the coin too and, and uh, open up space for people to be able to voice that and give them the space that they need and not um, see it as this uh, this huge, potentially detrimental event of like, whether it is you're choosing to step away from a job and take some time for yourself, like, that needs to be just as welcomed when a, a worker can come to you and be like, I am not in a good place right now and I need some time for me. Um, and that can be like, all right, go ahead, take the space you need and not like, okay, well, give us your two weeks notice. You're on your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but creating a culture of, yeah, allowing the space to heal, allowing the, the space to, to not have it all, all the time. Yeah. And it's so important to show that to kids too, because there seems to be this rush to get to somewhere. Yes. You know, as a kid, it's and it's like the pressure and the intensity. It's like th- there needs to be so much space to just allow what is to be what it is. Exactly. And yeah. and and how we approach that and how we guide that and how we mold how we tend to these gardens. Yep. 
You know, the gar- the garden that's going to grow the best is going to be the person that has the best touch, the best facilitation of it. Not too much of this, not too much of that, but just allowing what needs to be to be. Not mm-hmm. standing in the garden yelling and screaming <laughs> at the tomatoes to grow yeah. more. Yeah putting more fertilizer, more things, more soil, GMO, get it going. <laughs> and then that's just, that's not the kind of world we want to live in. I think mm-hmm. we're seeing a world that we want to live in more connected, more communal, more mm-hmm. open, more transparent, more space, more sharing, more caring, more loving, yes. and, uh, and more taking on the responsibility of being who we are in every moment and showing up that way yeah. and embodying a healthy warrior uh, energy, a healthy masculine, healthy king, healthy lover, healthy magician, yeah. all these things. And when you're when you're attuned to all that, you know, you really are, I think, in my opinion, that that seems like a, a good place that I want to be is yeah. like is in that in that role. And sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. And I think that that's okay. Like mm-hmm. acknowledging that we're not always going to be this all the time. You're not going to I think as men, there's this thing in our minds where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like the healing work. I'm going to like do the healing work and then I'm going to get to a point and then <laughs> yep. it'll be perfect. Yep. And it's like, and everything will be just fine. <laughs> you're never going to get there right. because you're, you're setting yourself up for failure yep. by not acknowledging that there's going to be failures. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. 100%. So you're not always going and to I, respond I, to your partner in the perfect way, but as long as you have the awareness and the capacity to, 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 to keep going, to keep moving through. Yeah. There, there it is. There it is. Absolutely. It's so important, man. And, uh, something that I still struggle with today is still like believing still kind of, there's a part of me that still buys into like, once I do the work, I won't have to deal with this shit anymore. Sure. And I know that's not true, right. but it's still this like part of me that I'm work brushing up against right now. And I need to like make space for the shit to come up. And that's why it's so important for us to stick together yeah. so that we can remind each other when, you know, when, when you're entering into that territory, I could be like, Hey, remember how it's, <laughs> you know, like this. And you're like, Oh yeah. That's remember right. how you're human and yeah, life yeah. ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah. Right. This has been an awesome conversation. We could obviously keep going. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, what do we, where do we stop? <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think that this is a good place to maybe I agree. stop. Is there anything that's uh, really like alive for you right now that you want to communicate, that you want to share, that you want to open up to, that maybe there's things that we talked about that we didn't hit, like hit on fully or just a, a way to kind of, you know, ease out of this, uh this pod. I think the only thing I want to hit on is some gratitude, man. Um, it's been an honor to be on this journey with you. It's been awesome to have this conversation with you. Um, and I'm just uh, I'm excited and very grateful for, uh, what, what else lies in store for us. So thank you, man. Yeah. Much love, much respect to you, my brother. I, yeah. I, I look to you as someone who is a leader, a teacher, you're an inspiration mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, everything that you do, uh, I, I always look to, and, and it's a good reminder of, for me too, to be like, oh yeah, like, um, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to, you know, do that a little bit more. Like yeah. Ma- Max is doing this, like, that's a good reminder. Oh good. Okay. Like I need to, uh, get out, get exercise more, or just yeah. a good example of like, you know, just different things. I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe I'll edit <laughs> that part out. What I'm saying is I'm very grateful for, for you. I see you as a, a leader, a teacher and an inspiration and a good friend. Ah, likewise, man. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's just been great to have you as a friend and I really value our friendship. So much love to you, Mikey. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in everyone. Um, if uh, you want to, man, I'm like, spent from this conversation yeah, I can't even one. talk <laughs> thanks for tuning in everyone uh, um, till next time till next bye time bye much love
Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Go find out more about Max. Go hit those links that are in the show description, show notes. Check out all of the people that support this show, that make bringing this show to you possible, uh, like Sheath Underwear. Save 20% off everything site-wide at sheathunderwear.com by entering the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout. Check out Mushroom Revival. Check out San Francisco Psychedelic Society. Check out Student Loan Tutor. And if you can, go leave a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts helps boost the show up in the algorithms helps more people find the show and consider becoming a patreon member go to patreon.com slash mike brank and uh, sign up for as little as five dollars a month get access to bonus content all sorts of cool goodies coming and the inner sanctum discord chat group so hope to see you all over there Thank you so much and stay tuned for more information about my individual coaching sessions and groups that will be coming up. If you'd like to know a little bit more in advance, get in touch with me at mikeadelicpod at gmail.com. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music. Peace.